Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. episode 49 of the podcast before we get started with our games and a tv show today i want to bust through our social media uh blake usually blake usually forgets to do it or don't do it at all or does it last but i will say you want uh, you should go on amazon and look up his uh, short story he's got published on there if you search uh they come this night it will come up and uh, this and everything else I'm about to say all has links in the show notes to the podcast. So other than Blake's story, uh, which you should go buy on Amazon, uh, we do have a Patreon, of course. Uh, a lot of podcasts, have, a lot of everything has Patreons these days. Patreon, you know what it is. It's just to help the things you love, help support the things you love with the cash in your pockets. And we use it for uh, the stuff we've we really use for the stuff we buy on the podcast, and I mentioned before, uh, we pay uh, Devious Pixel for his work he puts into the different uh, arts for the different guests we have on the podcast, so uh, we appreciate anybody that wants to help along with that, and then there's there's two, tier, two tiers of Patreon, one's just whatever, a dollar or $3. something, and then there's another second tier we do that we haven't... Uh, we got people paying on that tier, but nobody's requested. I, I, I guess we have a way where some of the Patreons could message us. Or if you're a Patreon already, message us on Patreon if you want to take advantage of your uh, second tier ability. Uh, yeah, I ability guess. power. <laughs> yeah. So you have to go look at Patreon to check that out. Uh, for announcements and stuff for the podcast, we I do use uh, Twitter. I put things on both, we are on both Twitter and Facebook. I usually put the same announcements on Twitter and Facebook, uh, hoping to get just better reach for the fans. Facebook, I said before, Facebook locks, wants a paywall. They want you to pay to do anything on Facebook, so I, I do it anyway because it still reaches a handful of people. You don't even reach everybody who likes the podcast, which is obnoxious. It's so dumb. It tells you how many people it reaches, and it's always maybe a quarter of the followers of the page. It's, it's insane. If you pay them, it'll make sure it gets to everybody. Yeah. So, uh, we also have uh, the Discord, which is, you can talk directly to us on your Discord, our Discord channel. Um, a couple of folks on there. I don't I don't use Discord all that much. I've used to talk to a couple of people. I've talked to, like, people who, like, won, like, a f- free stuff, and I've talked to other people on there. Uh, me and Blake... We just text each other, so it's not no good for us. We're talking, but the person. Discord can be used to talk directly to us, or maybe to talk if you get other, if you got other, if you have friends on the podcast or or friends who like the podcast. It's a good place to discuss. I've made different parts of it where you can discuss the different different parts of the podcast. So it's it's all there on the Discord page. Uh, and then of course there's uh, Twitch, which if you have a gaming podcast, you should be twitching yourself playing games at some point. We've been doing. Uh, we're finally nearing the end of 
uh, Gears 5 maybe later today. We beat the main campaign of Gears 5 and now we're doing Hive Busters. Um, we probably won't do an episode on Gears 5, but we do have to say me and Blake have played Gears 1 uh, Ultimate Edition together and we've played Gears 4 and 5 together and it's we've come to discover it's one of the most boring franchises of gaming we've ever played in our lives. Well, prior to that, you played 1, 2, and 3. Back in the day, yeah. I've played day. everything but Judgment, but I, I really liked them back in the day, except for 3, because everybody, I mean, I don't know, nobody liked, everybody kind of hated 3. But anyway, for a game that's serious, that's supposedly known for action and story and bombacious set pieces, it is a drag to play these games. So boring. Absolute drag. <laughs> Unbelievable drag. Anyway, we've been twitching that. We're almost we're almost done. We're doing hive busters. And uh come watch us com complain while we play Hive Busters if you want to. One of the most high octane games ever. Yeah. Then the last couple of things, of course, uh, Blake runs the Instagram page where he posts art and other mostly just art and I like uh Every now and then you get you find good concept art, which is my favorite. I like I like concept art. Concept I don't know how some. I mean, I could probably simply just googling concept art, but yeah. sometimes concept art you're like, oh, that doesn't really look that cool. It's well, a bunch of T poses and or stuff that like that wasn't in the game or something like that. But yeah. he, he poses art for the games, uh, usually movie posters for the movies and other stuff for the bands. For and the stuff bands. We I do. do a bunch of band photos and then I do the uh, the album art. Album art, yeah. Uh, then we have a Reddit page that we don't use at all. Uh, it's there if case people. Want to use Reddit? I like I use Reddit more than I use anything else. I've got Blake on Reddit, which I like Reddit more than I like Facebook or anything else. Seems mm -hmm. like there's less nonsense on there, but we don't, we have the pages there if people want to use it. And the last thing I have uh, is the Spotify playlist that I've made for all the songs that we play uh, on the podcast. We're not adding to the to the playlist today because we got a, we got a TV show or a mini series, I guess you would call it. So not adding to this the playlist today, but it's there. Uh, all these things I've talked about, like I said on the front end, all these things all have links in the show notes. And I think I've spent enough time on this. We can get into the first of our two games we have for this episode. If you want to take it away, Blake. All right. Our first game we'll be talking about is called Call of the Sea. It originally came out on Xbox first, uh, December 2020. I'm guessing it was a timed exclusive because six months later it popped out on on PlayStation. I don't remember ever hearing any mention of Me either. exclusivity. Yeah, exclusivity. But uh, it did launch on Game Pass. That might be. I mean, there may have been some sort of like, you know, fine print about stuff launching on Xbox just so they. I don't know. But I, I didn't hear anything about it being exclusive. But the fact that it was six months later. Yeah tells me that it, well because it probably wasn't a big game they're not wanting we have this game for you'll see in a segment the company with one game so exactly uh, so the developer is called Out of the Blue uh, they're uh, from Madrid Spain uh, Drew just said this is the first game they've ever put out so far um, I think they are working on more but the details are, are sparse sparse okay. sparse <laughs> sparse sparse at the moment 
And, but they are working on another one, and I will I'll play it. Yeah. Now, uh, they this company has twelve people, and it started in uh, August of 2018. So they're a very new company, brand, new. Yeah. brand spanking new. But that's a pretty good turnaround. Like they started a company in August 2018, and what was that? Uh, December 2020. Not even a full two years later, boom, they got a game out. So yeah. and a half decent one at that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Normally, I, di- I dive into developers a little more, but there's not much to talk about because they don't, they don't have anything. They have no history. Uh, but uh, I do. I, w- I look forward to whatever they do next. I'll, I'll definitely play it. So the story of, well, hold on. Tell what, what kind of game? Yeah, what kind of game it's, is this? It's, it's, it's really just a first-person, uh, somewhat action puzzler. Call it action. You just I walk, know, I use walk around and solve puzzles. It's a first-person. "Quote unquote walking simulator," but there's a, it's mostly a puzzle game. You're solving puzzles, yeah, moving things around, and there really is no. You come to the action usually after it's already been done or right before. I don't remember being any action at all. Or somebody comes up and clubs you in the head or something like that. Stuff like that, but you don't even see it. It's yeah. one of those things. Actually, yeah, you don't see anything like that. It's a first-person puzzle game. Yeah, with story, of course. No, oh, yeah, it it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, don't want to get, get in. Well, let's talk about the graphics first, I guess. Yeah. I, before I played it, people were kind of like raving about the graphics because it's one of the first. Uh, it was pretty early in the Series X enhancements. Mm-hmm. So we played it Series X enhanced. I was never really um, blown away by it. It's it's a stylized graphic style, but it, kind of like a, a realistic stylized. Like it doesn't look like a cartoon, but it's like going for real. But the people. Like she was silent. You see her, the main, the main chick. You can tell her name in if you want to. Yeah, uh, they're slightly. I want to say caricature, like realistic caricature. Like they had like each, almost every person had like a single distinct feature that was mm. a little slightly more announced, just so you could tell the difference. Yeah. yeah, but for the most part, they they looked pretty realistic. Yeah. Everyone was also kind of lanky and scrawny, but they've also been on a deserted island for some time. Yeah, <laughs> so they weren't exactly getting the good food. Uh, and well, I do. I do want to say one thing about the graphics. The graphics do actually a pretty cool. Because first and foremost, the game is highly uh, Lovecraftian. Yeah. Highly. Well, you don't. You don't. You don't know that right away. Well, yeah, but you learn it yeah. fairly quickly. But uh, for Lovecraft, I actually found it pretty cool graphically, and like they did a pretty good job of like you start the game. It's like I don't know, eleven a.m. Gorgeous. You know, is it Middle Eastern? It's like a Tunisian island. I think it's Tahiti, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's just gorgeous, vibrant, all these gorgeous colors. Not a lot of uh, sea life or wildlife, though. You hear birds and stuff in the music, yeah, but you don't see, you don't see, see anything. anything. Animating animals is maybe tougher than yeah. you want it to be, but there's, yeah. you don't really see any wildlife. Actually, they, they cut it or out. Maybe I'm there's sure. no wildlife because of the of what's, of yeah. what's going on on the island, maybe? That's possibly. But it starts out super gorgeous and vibrant, and the further you play, mm-hmm. the graphics and as where the whole art style of the game, everything goes like, oh, cool. And then you see some ruins, and then you go underground, and it gets darker and darker. It's kind of like a, it's literally like you visually see a descent into madness. A little bit. I don't think this is um, as dark as Lovecraftian things tend to be because yeah. like, we recently did Sinking City on the podcast, oh, yeah. and Lovecraft stuff. Um, 
is usually way more dark and depressing. And this game never hits the depths is, of a sinking city. It doesn't really talk um, that much about madness. And well, I actually have a cool quote from the the founder of the company, uh, mm-hmm. Tatiana Delgado. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, uh, "That's a cool name." Yeah, <laughs> uh, Call of the Sea, though it is a Lovecraft inspired, it is not a descent into madness. Instead, it is a rise to sanity, following her character coming to grips with what she, what's going on. Yeah, we'll talk, it, we'll talk. We'll talk about a couple of things. Maybe that explains. This is not a horror game. It's not, not a horror really. game. Not even. Not even close. Maybe that explains something. Uh, we'll get to it eventually. Later parts when she goes to the little portal thingy. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about her. How how the character handles that. We'll be slightly. We will be slightly spoilery, spoilery for a couple of uh, later events because I want to talk about that quote there makes me want to talk about because I was weird, kind of strange about how the main character handles certain things that happen to her, kind of rolls with it. We'll get to that here in a minute, unless we forget. I realize sometimes as I edit these podcasts, we'll talk about something and I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. And I say, we'll get to that in a minute and we never talk, we, we never, we never talk about it again because we run off some, in some other direction. Maybe you should like take a note, take a note while we're talking. And you'd be like, hey man, we need to get back to yeah, this or something. That's, that's actually to... not a bad idea. I should write that down. Anyway, I, um, keep going. before we get dove into everything, uh, the entire game is voice acted, but f- I think for the most part, no, there, there's a voice actor for her, for her uh, husband. Yeah, Nora Everhart and her husband Harry Everhart. I'm going to. Uh, this is a note. A music. A note. A music for a, a note for the music. Mm. Um, there's a song. I don't. Know if it's not. It's not spoilery. There's a song of my dear old pal. Yeah, have that wrote down. That they play on the ending credits. I'd like to play that when we wrap up the Call of the Sea section. I might play. The whole or half or whole of it's like a three minute song. Do you want to play the actual version or the version they sing at the end? Because they they do a duet at the end of the. In I've the already incredible. found the duet version for, for uh, Harry and Everly or yeah, so, uh, Harry and Nora. Yeah, it's it's a it's a neat it's a cool little. I like it because it seems like it seems like it was made. It's a cool song that seems like it was made for the game, and I like stuff like that. You don't you don't, you don't get a lot of that with companies. Yeah, and it's a it's a. Well, it's it. It is an old song, my dear old pal. Yeah, but, but it, this is the one where they talk about it, where they talk for a second in the yeah. beginning, and then I got the part where they talk for a second, and then they start singing, they talk, and then they start singing together, and he plays, he's playing, and they sing. It's a very cool. It's thing. It's really cool. Reminiscent I'm, of uh, what Last of Us. The Last of Us, but that's really the that's not they're not even in character in The Last of Us when they do it on the end of the first game. That's just them singing that song together. Yeah, but anyway. That is cool. I want to play that now. When this wraps up, and uh, when this call the C section wraps, I want to I want to play the full song. Probably you'll hear it start. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, just like skip ahead three minutes. I think it's really neat, and maybe talking about the podcast will make you make make hearing that hearing that song interesting. The song it does have more impact because it plays at the credit in credits. But I think it's, it's it's a good enough song that uh, it's just a good listen. But if you Anyway, whatever. If you don't want to hear it, skip skip yeah. past it. Uh, real quick before we dive into everything, I do want to talk about the the two voice actors uh, yes. for Harry and just re- fairly quickly. Yeah, and I have a graphic thing I want to mention too because we we, we we barreled through. We're, we're still talking about graphics and yeah. stuff, but there's a graphical. Uh, do you thing. want to do that first and do the graphics? 
Oh uh, yeah, I'll do that first. Do that I first. don't know if you I don't know if you noticed cuz I, I mean, I'll say I wasn't terribly blown away by the graphics and I expected to be blown away as so many people were. I think it was just folks with new Xboxes wanting to brag about something. And it, it, it is it's, very it's, pretty. It's, it's a lot of it, it's okay, it's okay in certain scenes. <laughs> um but uh did you remember I know you, you remember I, I wrote down at the end of chapter 4 there's this room you go into that's got smoke in the bottom and the smoke is spiraling. I thought that was a really cool uh, smoke. You don't, you don't get to walk in or anything, so there's no interacting with it. But there's this really—it's a visual thing. You don't—you don't see a lot of smoke. I mean, usually, smoke's distant video games, or you don't have a lot of games. It's like maybe the next coolest thing was like the mist. Do you, do you remember the foggy stuff at the beginning of Mario, Mario Odyssey? You play Mario Odyssey. Well, there's some cool fog you can run through Mario Odyssey. It looks really cool. You actually get to touch that fog, and it looks really neat as you run through it. This, I'm saying, you don't see a lot of fog in video games that you can see or interact with. But there's this foggy mist stuff in this world. You're in this, it's just a room. You're walking to this platform. It's one of those things you touch with your hand like this, or pull it, or so ever. Yeah. But below you is this. On the bottom of the thing is all this spiraling fog. And it was a really cool graphic effect. You must have missed out. I did. Yeah, I didn't even pay attention. Dang, to I should. That. I should have. I should have pulled you into the room when I was looking at it then. Because I do. I do remember like there being like a crater at some point, and there being like. Well, it's not a crater. It's just a room that has that stuff in it. Anyway, I thought the. Uh, I wish you could now. Now, for now on, if I see a cool graphic thing, I maybe try I need to, to because like I need to pull you into the pull you into the room real quick and show it to you. Certain, yeah, certain things get noticed, or certain things can are only noticed in like the like a, the ten or twenty second window when you first walk in the room, and maybe I looked or left I and you looked right or something. I could, or you didn't look down past the platform. The, there's because nothing over nothing. Nothing's really over the side of the platform besides. That little, just that effect. I thought it looked cool. It's like that, uh, it's not as cool, maybe not as cool. Remember that in Tomb Raider, Rise, is it Rise, the second Tomb Raider? I think so. Remember that, remember that whirlpool, that terrifying whirlpool? Yeah. That Gosh, was, that was something else. And being, yeah, that was pretty. Well, as you're crawling, you're walking over it. God, that's a scary and one. Just, scary. And it is your walk, the camera just gives you that vertigo yeah, view and you're just looking like, oh, looking oh. at that whirlpool. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Tomb Raider. But it's just, it's cool. Sometimes you play a game and like, and like this, you find like the whole game. It's the only graphical thing I noted. There was this cool spiral fall. Artistically. It just looked really cool. They took it, yeah, they so, like, oh. That's why we play so many different, so many different, so many strange games because you're going to find more often than not, if a game's not that good, if we play it all the way through, you'll f you'll stumble upon something that looks cool. Something they probably, who knows how much work that took. Maybe it yeah. took a couple hours. Maybe it took, took a couple of days. That was probably one dude's entire job. Make this and no one good. talks about it. <laughs> but you're talking about it, so he's like, "Yes, I have vindication." <laughs> Somebody saw my fog. Cause it's a, I, I looked throughout the as I was playing around the rest. thing, it's, it's like only in that room. I'm sure there's like environmental artists whoever in the yeah. credits and i'm sure he worked his ass off oh on god it. yeah or she you know whoever he i'm not she. sexist but he or she they yeah, them they, it mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway uh, that's all i got for that that's one of the, i really wanted to, i wrote it down enough so i wanted i obviously wanted to mention it so uh i'm gonna kind of go through them fairly quickly but i do want to talk about the two voice the there are other people who do voice recording. If you listen to our podcast, you know we appreciate voice actors. Gosh, it, it breathes so much life into yeah. a video game. Yeah. And so uh, we have Nora Everhart, who's voiced by Chrissy Jones. Uh, she's got a couple of things. She team, seems to be, early on, was strictly a, uh, a telltale person. Yeah. Because she, she did work in season one, season two, and 48 
four four hundred days of Walking Dead. Yeah. The the bigger one was she was in season one and she was uh, Katya, uh, Kenny's wife. That's right. She was you know and Duck's mother. And then she was also in uh, Wolf Among Us. Uh, she, I didn't recognize the name. She's probably one of the... Because we played through that. We're like the only two people that didn't like Wolf Among Us. I, I get it. It was cool. Yeah, but I, was, I didn't like I it wanted at all. more than what we, I got. We were going to do a season two, and they got, they got canned. Yeah. They also... she She's in uh, Life is Strange. She plays Joyce Price, which is Chloe's mother. Mm-hmm. So she plays a lot of moms. Yeah. She has a real, I guess, a real mother, motherly voice. Matron, ma- matronly voice. That's mm-hmm. the word. But it's funny you mentioned that. Um, two other things. Uh, uh, another mother. She's actually in Naruto Shippuden. Mm-hmm. She plays uh, Kaguya, the mother of Chakra. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Now, so that's, she, now that's a mother. Yeah, she's like a, a big bad. Uh, two other big things. Uh, actually... I think we t- did we talk about Firewatch or is that just a game we played? We with? mentioned it a bunch of times just because we liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so but it's she's. I'd almost have to play Firewatch again to warrant talking about it because it's been years. Yeah, yeah. But Firewatch is a it's a known game. It's an award winning game oh, for yeah. walking people love, people love Firewatch. Yeah. And she is the other voice. The first one, the male that you play, mm-hmm. is a Rich Summer, funny dude, been Madman, all that stuff. Uh, but she's in Firewatch. She's Delilah. Yeah, the girl, the girl in the wall. She's the girl that you never see. You 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 see her silhouette wave, but that's it. Yeah. You never actually see Delilah, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then the last one probably is, somebody's mom. It's possibly. <laughs> and then the the last one we watch we watch. I'm I'm gonna say is actually a game I've already talked about on the podcast once before. Mm-hmm. And she is uh, the Horseman Fury in Darksiders Three. That's a weird turn. Yeah. She's the horseman Fury. You know, she she plays Fury, so I thought that was that's it's it shows weird, weird if you put like even if you put this character beside Fury, it's so strange if you put Katya from Walking Dead beside Fury, it's just like really? No, any of them, really. Well, yeah, really. It's just it, Fury's such a such a left turn for her career, but it's that's fine. Keep doing you, girl. I I like everything you've done so far. Mm-hmm. And now for the uh, her husband, uh Harry Everly, Everhart. God, why do I keep saying Everly? Harry Everhart. As a voice actor is Yuri Lorenthal. Mm-hmm. Lorenthal. So he's pretty big in like anime and stuff. He's been all over the place. His IMDb was like 700 and something things. Whoa. It's ridiculous. He's, 700? I think it was 700. I think it was. He, I think he was 700. At that point, you're like every anime, whether you're a main or a secondary or just a background. You're a in bunch every of random anime. cartoons and anime and everything. But I, I tried to pick a few things that were kind of big and um, central to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, oddly enough, uh, I just talked about Naruto. Mm-hmm. She played Kaguya. He's the voice of Sasuke. Just Sasuke. He's the voice of Sasuke in every iteration. Wow. Boruto, Shippuden. All the video games, he is Sasuke. Hmm. And then... Really? Yeah. So He's strange. the voice so, of Sasuke. So strange from his little... little, little from his, like, demure husband. Little, little English guy he plays in this. To being an emo teen to an yeah. emo adult. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, that was a pretty big one. And then, uh, he's also... That's the, huge for his career. That's, that's huge. I, that's probably why he has 700 things, because he does Sasuke and then a bunch of additional voices and ship it in and additional voices and other side characters and that. But uh, two other kind of cool ones. Um, he was uh, he didn't do the original one, but with uh, Ben 10, Alien Force, and Ford, he's played the teenager and adult voice for Ben 10. 
Tennyson. Really? So that's kind of cool. It's nerdy. So it's, Ben 10 didn't keep it the same voice actor? Not, for, not from when he was a kid, but when it went, when he became a teenager with Alien Force and then Omniverse and then something Ultimate Alien. You know a lot about Ben 10. I've never seen it, but I know the names because I was curious. Um, but he's done the voice of Ben. And... And all the video games, I imagine. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. And one other cool one, we actually spoke... We, uh, another game we sort of spoke about... Actually, no, we, we did speak about the game. Uh, we spoke about Final Fantasy IV. We had a whole episode on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the DS remake and in all the Dissidias, he's the voice of Cecil Harvey. No, oh, that's cool. That's so he that. is the voice of Cecil Harvey. It's good to land, land a main character. Yeah, so uh, he, Sasuke and Cecil... He's, so he's... He's pre- and this, and he had a bunch of others, but I tried to narrow it down to yeah. either stuff that I've seen or that were, you know, kind of cool to the podcast. You, you, you don't want to pull it up and just list off his 700 credits? I could, but <laughs> we'll do that at another time. We'll do a bonus episode that's literally just Blake listing off this. Yuri, Yuri Lorenthal's. Uh, you know, a big, a big IMDb would be like Stephen Blum. <laughs> 6,000. Yeah, oh God. Or um, Frank Welker. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Or Peter Cullen, but anyway, uh, so that was them. So that it's good voice acting work. Yeah, good, very experienced people. Very doing good people. Good stuff. Yeah. And like I said, for a game, this is this is their first game, and they're able to afford these two people. Yeah. Like I don't what? think. Well, I don't think. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. If you're I'm, not, if if you're not, uh, I kind of wonder if it being if you're not. Well, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name for Last of Us. Oh, uh, Troy Baker. If you're not Troy Baker these days, you're not. You're, pro- you're probably not paid as well as who knows. Voice actors aren't never been known to get paid well, but uh, if you're not Troy Baker right now, who's one of the hottest things in voice acting, then you're probably not getting paid tons and tons of money. But I, I also wonder if it launched on Game Pass, maybe Xbox kind of supported them and gave them some money. I, I have no way of knowing that without looking into yeah, the, me too, but into the I, stuff. Because, like I said, I mean. Like, that's two pretty big actors. Yeah. Award-winning actors. It sounds uh, like the Game Pass deals are kind of case-by-case. Case. It almost seems like. That depends on the size of the company. Sometimes you... I would have read... It sounds like sometimes you get paid to be on Game Pass, and sometimes you pay to be on Game Pass. But I'm not... I think it's a. It's impossible to know without digging real deep into it. And that's, I think it's behind closed doors deals and stuff for they figure yeah. it out. I feel like big com- big companies will pay Microsoft to put their games on Game Pass, maybe. And these smaller companies are maybe offered. They reach out. They, I think you maybe reach out I'm to sure Microsoft. All these sorts of game cons and E3s are just online. Like, hey, they put people put out here. Please look at our game. We're small. Yeah, or any anyway. publisher meetings and stuff like that. Yeah, this is good stuff. People love hearing about this. Yeah, but we'll. Sorry, we didn't mean to go off on this tangent. But we're talking, about, you know, good voice actors. Um, now, do we want to? Get into the meat of the story. You could talk about. I mean, what generally I, what you're doing. She's really no, the easy thing to do is because I don't want. She, re- I don't she receives spoil. a. I mean, that's Too not much. Me. She receives a letter because uh, she's she's sick and has a, like a disease on her arms. You can see on her arms it makes her very frail and she's kind of weak and frail. Uh, they, her husband's been looking for a cure for the, for a long, long time, and he gets a letter from her. Telling her he went to a certain island, or or not even really tells her where he went because he doesn't want her to follow. But uh, him and her, like he knows, like, he's he, he's clever and she's clever, and she kind of finds, she digs around, finds clues her own way. Like when you start the game, she's already figured out where he's at. 
Yeah. But she had to figure it out because he wasn't really telling her where he was because it was dangerous. Yeah. He says, don't so, come find me. Or yeah, whatever. don't come find me, whatever he says. And then she travels, traveling to the island, looking more to find her husband. She's more worried about her husband, of course, than she is a cure for her illness. Yeah, she, yeah, plagued by... They don't really have it. It's just plagued by an incurable disease. We don't have a name for it. We also... The game takes place uh, in 1930s, mm-hmm. so some of the science isn't super advanced when it comes to doctors and whatnots. Mm-hmm. And so, you you basically you land you you start the game like your prologue tutorial is figuring out how the game mechanics work in like her cabin on the boat she's on. Like mm-hmm. I, I interact with this collectible and interact with this object, and you kind you can. <laughs> There's a running mechanic, but you don't run any faster, really. It's like taking, I don't know. Yeah, it's not a good running mechanic. There is a running mechanic. It's better than the running mechanic from, like, everyone's gone to the rapture. Because there's a noticeable, like, speed change, but it's like going from turtle to, like, I don't know, teenage turtle who runs a little faster. (laughs) Yeah. But it also sort of makes sense if she's sickly. She's not going to be sprinting full force, you know, T-Rex arming through the jungle. (laughs) She's sickly. Yeah. And she says she literally, on the boat, she says that she's well enough to not use her cane. And like later on, there's like some emotional moment where she's like, I'm never using my cane again. I will get this. I will find Harry on my own two feet. So, like, she leaves the cane in the cabin. Mm-hmm. And the people on the boat are like, we'll be back in, like, what, three days the, the big, or a week she, or something? She's on a bigger boat, and she kind of rose, she rose up to pon- the What is that, a pontoon or a dinghy or just whatever? A, just a rowboat. I mean, you got to say like nautical terms you don't know what they mean I'm trying to sound smarter than I am dude shush you just want to say dinghy dingus anyway she's on the island looking around uh, you really I mean well, this you're is really like, just walking around from place to place just touching stuff and solving puzzles like you do this to like one of the first things you do is there's like a you need these two levers to like open this door and there's one lever's there, and they gotta go find the other lever. And there's like, there's a lot of, like, wall paintings and stuff like that, kind of giving you kind of direction. It's it's very strange sometimes, but well, then you just find that you just go find the other lever, put the lever in, and you open the door. It's a lot of just opening doors. Yeah, because I wanted to talk about that because to the, even in this day and age, we've talked about it so many times about having pointless collectibles. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, they add to the story, but. I'm still not reading every, every. I'm not reading anything I pick up. No, me either. Because that's the uh, this game has. I know um, we miss depth on some things like that. Maybe we, maybe if we cared enough or had more time or wanted every episode of this podcast to focus on one game at a time, and we would dig deep into all the every all the crap we read in a video game. I just I drive myself nut. You drive yourself insane. I don't know why. Maybe collectibles with writing are a way for developers to add the another layer for people who really love their game and it's easier to put a collectible in than it is to voice act an entire thing of uh, I mean I scene of I, explaining that you know sometimes you find a letter and it's read to you which is great yeah. and sometimes you're lucky and you, ha- you have a big budget like Mass Effect and I and you listen to the entire codex as the entire codex is voiced I, I did listen when to you, the entire you codex do, and most people do with Mass Effect because you can sort of listen to this the guy with a great voice exp- Tell you everything there is to know about Mass Effect. It's like this is a nonsensical word engine, and it's run. By, you know, it gives you all the. Not like, everybody has the the budget for yeah. thousands and thousands of lines of dialogue. Like you said, paying the paying the people, but uh, 
I know. I understand written collectibles. I get why they're there, and I get why if people who really love this game, I like the game, I didn't love it, like the game, would sit here and read every single thing. I'm sure it would add another layer and with all games. But I've also read some collectibles or just like in games. Like this our second game has a has too many. Like like over to like a hundred two hundred collectibles in or some some crap like that was it was it this game that had that many? No 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 you're thinking of Control had like a hundred yeah Control plus. has like five hundred yeah Observation had a bunch it was like seventy it's okay um and like seventy five or eighty yeah it's still a lot a lot to read and a lot to sometimes it's this and this game is really just like letters line now you do pick up letters from Harry. Harry is leaving letters all over the island for some reason. Even though he told her not to come, he's leaving letters all over the island well, for her. It explains it in the first one because you see parts of his diary. Uh, yeah. It's his way to, of coping for being alone, from being so far away from her. He's uh, he he wrote letters to her that he never sent. Okay, but they're, those they're, are voiced by him though. Yeah, those are like the key, like key, like key moments. You pick it up and it's like a scene, and it it kind of shows the scrolling and gives you like some still images of kind of like the um, what he was doing and stuff. He... It's interesting enough. He's with the he brought a crew, yeah, and his crew is slowly is slowly dying across the island, which is kind of kind of interesting. You they're know. going bonkers. They're the descent and the madness. They're going yeah. bonkers. So you have to, you have to when you follow if you follow him through the island, that's probably the more interesting part of his little thing. Is you're f- f- deeper and deeper into the island. He's you see letters and just different things. Sometimes a grave. Like he's losing. He's he had three or four people with him. I and think it was like a uh, three, four, and there's a woman. I think with it was him. like a six. Person, there's ex- a woman that turns. You know, we said spoilers earlier. There's a woman that turns on him at some point. I guess you know you don't see none of these scenes. You just gather all this from his his little letters and you kind of environmental. Sometimes clues. you'll see the aftermath, like the gravestone, or just like, um, because he 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 writes these letters like oh so and so fought and then they were shot and you see a grave and you see a blood spatter on a wall. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just kind of cool seeing the aftermath and then reading the letter. And go oh and then connecting the dots yourself. It's actually a pretty cool. Tool mechanic. It's like yeah, he had a he had a rough little stint on the island. Yeah, had a doctor that like pricked his foot on like some coral and then like went insane and tried to cut somebody and then they had to tie him down and it, it was actually pretty like his like you said earlier. This is the exciting adventure that you don't really yeah. t- particularly get to have. But yeah, so basically the, that expedition just kind of disappeared. <laughs> They're just there. We won't say whether or not she finds Harry or not in the end, but there are. Back on to the, um, towards the collectibles, we're talking about mm-hmm. useless ones. This game has three different style of collectibles. Mm-hmm. You have her logbook, which shows all of them in it, but you have the straight-up story-based collectibles, usually from Harry and a couple other smaller things. And then you have the puzzle-related collectibles that, in some cases... The puzzle won't let you solve it until you've picked up the collectible and she figures out, even if you figure out, she doesn't know how to solve it. Mm-hmm. So you pick up the puzzle piece or that you like, oh, there are these four weird symbols. Oh, I bet they go in this order. And you walk to the puzzle and she's like, oh, and you know, and all, and she's a really good artist, you know, quote unquote she's, artist. Yeah. <laughs> she writes in her diary. Because she writites and draws all these like pictures. solutions and all mm-hmm. that. Because you got to find the different. She finds different pieces of the solution. She writes it in her notebook, which is, which is for you, the player, to use to solve the puzzles. But you know me and Blake. So you're not running back and forth. Me and Blake, there's a, there was a, a TA guide for this, so we just followed what the guide told us to do. And besides the, I I don't know. 
they were different. They call it, it's a different style collectible. They call them murals. Mm-hmm. And those are sort of story related and sort of puzzle related, but they had their own category. Yeah. When you, when you click on them, she, she'd comment. She'd say something about it. She's trying to decipher what the murals were saying. I'd say that was more, okay, I, I was, you had story with Harry and mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Puzzles. And this was like backstory mythos. For the island. For the island. So mm-hmm. that's three style of different collectibles. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the cool things, though, is that unlike a lot of games, I mean, it still felt kind of shoehorned, but all the puzzles were fully integrated into the game. And it didn't feel like I was doing something necessarily useless. It felt like something I had to do to move on. Yeah, it but was. But it was still kind of convoluted. Well, puzzle, people who make puzzle games always make these weird, convoluted things. But least, like you said, these puzzles look like they're part of the... Like, the first thing you do is open some gates, or you look lower a bridge. Like, it's stuff you do that's, like, integrated into the the island itself. Eventually, it starts with normal stuff, and you get into the kind of the, the weirder ruins stuff. and moving walls and other things that happen as you're solving puzzles. But it does... I didn't think about that. It does seem like it's... Because you can play puzzle games sometimes where it's just like you walk into a room, and it's like... This is a puzzle room. And you're like, oh, I guess it is. It has no 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 integration like, to the to the style or the what's going on in the world. Like everything here seems like this. That's a good, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. It was kind of well integrated. Like some of the stuff you do. Like we 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 spoke about earlier, Tomb Raider. Some of the stuff, some of the puzzles you do in Tomb Raider. Like matter of fact, more recently, all the puzzles you do, they're side puzzles. You don't have to do them at well, that's all. That's just side tomb. That's that's not the same thing. But I think Tomb Raider stuff is well integrated too. They built those games pretty well integrated. I can't think of a game with top of my head. But there's puzzle games where you kind of walk into an area and you're like, I guess this is a puzzle. Like it just it, it, or something's built out of place just to be a puzzle. Like it, you, yeah. I don't have an example at the top of my head. But people know who play a lot of video games. You know, know exactly. that there's difference between building stuff into the world and then just having a puzzle for the sake of a puzzle that just does it just looks like why is this here it's like you made the game and then someone's like hey we need to have some more puzzles okay let's just do this side room and have to go through this whole weird thing to get the key at the end of the uh, library or some bullcrap yeah so stuff like that so for the most part the puzzles were, were in fact integrated fairly well mm-hmm. like they were they felt necessary though there I do feel there were, some of them were a little all puzzles are complicated. We, yeah. we talk about puzzle. We don't like puzzle. We don't really like puzzle games. But if we have a, a guide giving us the solutions, we will play a game for its story. But this one does hold your hand with her constantly upgrade, updating that logbook. So if mm-hmm. you find the solution, she has it. And every now and again, she's, she'll be like, I wonder if I did this. Like she'll mm-hmm. sort of, if you're staring at the logbook too long, she'll. So there's, say, one, there's one part that I thought drug out puzzle wise for way too long. That's that room that had the four things, and you had to touch the four things in a certain order and unlock four different doors. Oh, that was at the very end. Yeah, that was God, obnoxious. That was we, we we people call it fluff in a video game. Yeah, there was no absolute no sense in that. Yeah, you had to make make the constellation or the constellation. You line up the constellations on these four stones. You had to do it four times. Not only that, you had to do it so you had to press each thing, the right constellations. Go into that. You could skip some of these. Some of these doors just led to collectibles, I think, no. or, or some of them led to other parts of parts of a bigger solution. Yeah, you I, think they, I think it all led to. Do, so you had to do it all, I think, to open up that big. So boy you had door. to go the big door in the in the back of the room. So you got to press all these things, run across this pretty large room, up some ramps, and she talks a little bit. And there's a mural, and, and, and there's parts. You're, you're picking those things up. 
no, you're putting your hand in those things that stab her hand for her blood. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. You're putting your hand in the thing. You're, right? you're the, just like the test of the, the she, whatever. She keeps complaining even though she knows what's going to happen. She's like, she's oh, like oh, oh, another one. Oh, why does it hurt? Is that, yeah. is that, is that, is that what's happening right there? It needs, because, um, we're not, we're not going to spoil it, but because of her illness, mm-hmm. it, it uh, her blood, uh, it's what it needs, and her blood opens up these yeah, doors or triggers and so on and so and forth. It kind of leads into my spoiler territory of, of that thing I wanted to talk about here in a minute. Okay. But anyway, but you do that, and you got to run all, you know, quote unquote, like Blake said, run, run, back down the ramps, back across the room, and it makes you walk around the stones and undo. Turn them all off. Turn them all back off again. To close that door, and you got to go walk on the stones again, and turn them, hit all the right constellations again to open the second door. You do this four times. This is one of the. This is the probably one of the longest aspects of the game. It and takes, it's the end. It's, the, it's pretty much at the end. Yeah, it takes so long. I was like, do two doors, you know, do something, or or have it, or have the like like people have doors that close unexplained all the time. How about when you walk out that when you walk out that door? The door closes behind you and the stones reset as you walk back out or something. Maybe decrease the size of the room by a foot or two. I mean, there's there's these things that, like, when you play. I mean, it's I, a I don't massive when you altar play, room. It's massive. I get size and it's probably a visual visual reason. But people have to be play, te- play People play test everything. You can't tell me two doors into this. They're not like, we should tell somebody about this. This is not good. Maybe we could do three instead of four. Yeah, or something. And there's got to be another another way. Or have one of the door. Have one of the doors at least. Maybe have one, one of the doors maybe be one, broken. Maybe one door is broke. Yeah, see, one door is broken. And you, can, you can just you can just walk. You ain't got to do the puzzle with the fourth. Yeah, you time. can see that the, the the door's been crumbled, or at the very least, you go down in in one room, and then you're like, oh, there's a wall broken, and you hop over into the next room. Oh, cool, simple. Like at the very end or the very beginning, make like a super yeah. easy. But yeah, that would I. I sort of forgot about so it. So like the broken, like like a door is broken on the one side, and you can't get in that door at all. Mm-hmm. But when you when you solve the puzzle for the, do- the the door beside it, you find a broken wall or a path, and it That's, just leads hey, straight hey, to hey, the to the extra end. puzzle. Like find my way over here. How do I get to this one? Oh, yeah. there's a hole over here. Yeah, make it more. Int- I don't I don't know, but you literally, it's the same. You do the same thing four times. It was obnoxious for sure. That was wild. I couldn't believe that that was that was how that happened. Yeah, that that was definitely the most annoying part. That was, I say, it was the worst part of the worst part of the game. Yeah, and we're over here. I do want to mention we're complaining about how long it was. Oh my god, it was so ridiculous. The game was eight eight hours. Yeah, my hours? time was like uh, actually a tiny little bit less than eight hours, but eight yeah. hours. Ta. And I even went back and did cleanup and got the one K. You didn't go back and do cleanup. No, so I didn't get the one K because I missed somehow following a guide missed a couple of collectibles. I don't know how that happened. Now mm-hmm. I got to the end, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. That you walk too slow. I'm not doing this again." I, I it took me like thirty, maybe forty five minutes to go back and Clean collect up the one, a few one, things. One or two things you needed because based off the, I don't know how I missed it. Followed a guide. Likewise, <laughs> I just don't. Maybe he was off sometimes. Sometimes some the guides were off. I'll say real quick before I forget. Uh, TA had a say. I thought you read your game time. Mm-hmm. I mean, your Xbox generally has has your game time anyway. If you go to your game I, and select I trust it. TA. Well, TA is guy was saying TA is getting their information from Microsoft. Microsoft let them connected them to the oh okay the data the database for time. So they because Microsoft knows they Microsoft knows about TA. TA is huge. Yeah, it's massive. The Xbox side knows about TA, so they've got a lot of a lot of, a lot of their data they get from Xbox in general already anyway. But they recently gave them the 
a, 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 the access to the time. So now TA shows your will show how long you played a game very yeah. accurately. That's based actually on, what I, based, how I got based my on time. Microsoft's data, which is pretty cool. And when I was on TA, was like, uh, and I was See scrolling it. through it, and it was like, oh, you've played for seven hours and fifty eight minutes, and I was like. Gotcha. Thank you, TA, because I wasn't going to... And that's with you going back. Mm-hmm. So going back and cleaning up. That's yeah. you going back and cleaning up. You get it right the first time, and that time can fluctuate based on wrapping your head around a puzzle. Now, if you're not following a guide, your game's going to be longer. Yeah, but not much. I would say maybe up, uh, upwards of closer maybe to 10. 10 hours, probably. If you 10 to 15, depending on how dumb you are. And also, like, you, you're you kind of going to be looking for the solution for the puzzle. and like so That's what I'm saying. It'll, it'll take you longer. Yeah. But it, I'm, it's not going to be no 30-hour game. Oh, It'll be, no, it no. should be fairly short and sweet. One weekend, you know, two days over the week. Well, not it's on, it's on. It's on Game Pass right now. Who knows how long it'll be on there. I think it's, like I said, I think it's fairly new to Game Pass if it launched in December. Yeah, it's been there for most Game Pass games. Have a year, a yeah. year window. It seems to be people be around talk about, talk, talk about on Reddit, uh, the Game Pass subreddit. So you got till Christmas to beat it, y'all. Yeah. Um. So uh, deeper, uh, if you want to, uh, do you got anything else? Because I want to I want to do a, di- a deeper, more important spoiler. I don't want to. I'm going to give them a place to skip to. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, there's actually a uh, the game does. Uh, there are two separate endings, and there's a choice at the very end of the game. But you can save and see both of them, like right before you walk into this room to make the choice, and you can rewatch both endings. And I watched both endings. So there's, okay. So we will. So. We're gonna put a uh, a larger spoiler warning right here because there's two, the thing I want to talk about and the two ending thing Blake wants to talk about are kind of tied together into the same larger spoiler of uh, what's kind of going on on the island and who the what's her name? Uh, Nora. Nora, who Nora is, and other stuff like that. So if you wanna uh, if you don't wanna know that the, the, the these bigger spoilers, which I recommend that you don't. Don't hear these spoilers if you haven't played the game. I recommend you play the game first, and then if you want to hear what we're going to say about these spoilers on the end, then great. If not, if you don't want to hear, kind of skip ahead. You know, a little bit. Keep skipping until you hear the hear the song, maybe. Because I'm going to play that song in the end. Maybe keep skipping ahead till you hear the song playing. Yeah. I, re- I recommend. So, uh, here we go. The main thing before it leads into Blake's two endings is uh, you kind of find out her her disease is. Because she needs to come back. She needs to be on this island. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and she ends up getting in, like, uh, in these, not, not, not a machine, like these altars that let her transform into what she's supposed to be. Briefly, yeah. Well, it's like, like a... Often, well, I think she's going to be, at, if you one of your endings, I think it would be a permanent. Yeah. But so she's part of, the, the more of the Cthulhu side, she's either was or is supposed to be this underwater she's uh if you at one point again spoilers at one point when she has she's having that massive fever dream yeah you open up her her logbook and it shows her family tree and it dates all the way back to uh jebediah marsh Mm -hmm. who is if you're familiar with lovecraft he's uh, an innsmouther Mm -hmm. he's like one of the big families and marshes are also a big name used in uh uh, the, the, the sinking, sinking city. city. Yeah. So her family, and she's like a couple of generations since it was like, like six generations, and she is an Innsmouther hmm. originally. Either I, I think through her mother or something, but she is in fact an Innsmouther. So this is the the call of the sea. The name makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yes. She's being called, called back to called the sea. back to the sea. Yeah. 
So I, that's what Blake says. It's a it's a, a story of uh, not a story of going insane, but of coming coming to your senses like she was supposed to be. Like she was sick and messed up because she wasn't where she was supposed to be. Yeah. So that's why it says. Well, I thought it was strange in the games. So I didn't really think about it at the time. The first time you transform to a fish person, she kind of just readily kind of accepts it, and then she does kind of start talking about how it feels right. And yeah. At a certain point, she does she does comment on it feels right. You do have underwater swimming sections, and there's underwater puzzles, and there's these cool jet stream things you get to launch. Some of those were a little annoying to line up, but yeah. So there's all that stuff. We, I, I don't want to say outside of, outside of the spoiler area. And she does. She is supposed to be a whatever she is. In, I, in, it, well, Innsmouther. She's Innsmouther. an Innsmouther. She, she's or, a, she, or her descendant of Innsmouthers, but it, it's supposed to be yeah. more natural. She's sick because she's not where she's supposed to be, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's ironic because he's trying to solve, trying to cure her illness, but it's not an illness if she goes back to where she's supposed to be. But I sort of think that he figured that out. He does. I think he does at the end. But, uh, yeah. but now you can say the... The, now it's kind of maybe it's more or less obvious what the two endings are. So, the two endings: you walk into this room, and there is a a corpse and a letter in a chair, mm-hmm. and the corpse is wearing some uh, familiar glasses. And so, um, she kind of after you see this thing, she kind of goes through the she. It's a long like corridor of thought processes and she she figures out she's like oh man harry for the first time in his life has lied to me and she's like do i confront him about his lie he's not dead he i she's like i know where he's at yeah he faked his death he faked his death she's like i know where he's at he faked his death but he faked his death to save me from what's going to to make her stay to make her stay away to stay on the island to save her, no. Well, yes, to he faked, so she he he faked his death to get her to stay on the island and save herself. Yeah, to keep her from leaving. So your choice obviously is to accept his lie, accept his lie, and stay there and be ha- be, be be what be you're cured, supposed be, to be, quote unquote, cure. But you're just becoming who she is. She, she becomes a an out there. She she be, accepts who she is. Yeah. And the other ending is. To go confront him about his lie. Well, confront him, but to go well, to go be with Harry until her disease. I think the disease was, was killing her. It was, it was going, going to kill her. Going to kill her. So her, her, the other ending would be go with, be with Harry as long as she possibly because she loves Harry. It's the love of her life to go be with Harry until she eventually dies from the disease, yeah. which he was trying to. It's it's very it's a very it's actually really heartfelt and kind both of both sides. The fact that he would fake his death to get her to stay is pretty good, but unfortunately she was too smart. Yeah. To figure out that he had faked it so she would stay. But then it tops everything off sadly. Like, as before the credits roll, we get to hear that jaunty little tune. No matter what ending you pick, there's a final bit, and it's Harry, um, depending on. Actually, no, I, I, only, I only, want, I only know about the both endings because you, because you did both. I only, actually, I only did the which, staying. I did the staying ending. I think you did the staying ending. Yeah. I did, I did both because yeah. she goes back and you know she ends up dying, of course. Yeah. And but both, both endings have a little the final thing, and I think it says the same thing where Harry's like, question, he's alone in a room, like mm-hmm. eighty nine. He's old now, and he's just kind of writing again to her. He's writing a letter to her. He's like, dear old pal. He's like, I'm, he's like, all these years later, I'm not sure if I did was right or wrong for lying to you, but know 
that I've never lied to you again. This is mm-hmm. the only lie I've ever told to you. And he's like, and sometimes I still wonder if I was right or wrong in lying to you. And it was just kind of like this whole thing. The sucky thing is, no matter what, he ends up sad. Like he, his, he loses either, either way. Yeah, he she she's either gone forever, or she dies young, you know? or she dies young, and he, then she's still gone. He he never remarries. He never does anything. He so just, that's very Lovecraftian. Yeah, I'll give I'll give him that. Even though they said it was a, it was a journey, that ending is very Lovecraftian. Yeah, it's very bleak. Yeah, for for Harry, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it's very if she dies in that, she, in that ending. So if she die, well, yeah, she, eventually if she goes full transformation, I think she's pseudo immortal as long as she doesn't get fished out of the ocean but who knows in this day and age we do mass fishing she probably got shark fin souped or something yeah so uh that's it uh we're gonna play that uh the talking about the endings is probably the best place to wrap up and then start playing that song mm-hmm. i think it's an enjoyable game um like i think I said, the two out. endings and like the bit the two endings kind of both endings kind of really wrap it up pretty well. When you when you figure figure out where Harry's what's going on with Harry by the very end, it's very interesting and very good. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. Everybody seemed to be a lot of people were like loving it, loving it on on the internet. And I was like, okay, but that's okay. I'm I'm, I'm harder to impress than I don't know the average person. I'm very uh, I've, I've been told I'm a harsh critic. Um, that's all I got for that. And uh, after Blake's final thoughts are here on it, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to play that song, the my old my dear old pal song. And then after that song wraps, we'll have I'll have Blake go into the second game, which hopefully we'll might talk about a little shorter because of time here. <laughs> okay, so here's the uh, Harry and Nora Nora singing the uh, which Blake said is a real a real song, but this is the two voice actors. Uh, singing uh, My Dear Old Pal. Okay, are you ready? (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. One, two, don't forget the harmony. One, two, three. All my life is empty Since I went away Skies don't seem to be so clear May some angel sentry Guard you while I stray And fate be kind to join us some sweet day Oh, how I miss you, dear old
I just want you only, want you all the while. May God decree I have you back someday. Hope you guys enjoyed that. So our second game we're going to be talking about is uh, I accidentally spoiled it earlier because I, w I wasn't thinking. But the second game we're talking about is called Observation. You said that weird. Observation? Observation. Observation. Developed by No Code, uh, they're a Scottish gaming uh, studio, and so far they've only made four games. And those are Stories Untold, Explosion, and oh no, Stories Untold is like an anthology horror game where it's like it's four separate chapters, four separate stories type of thing. And then that was called like anything on console before the before observation. I don't think so. I think this is her first console game, as far as I could tell. Try your notes here if you can see them. I probably should. And I wrote these notes a while ago, so it's But yeah, so they they've they made four other games, all kind of like um like horror, survival, or some sort of mostly survival horror hmm. and s stuff like that way different from what observation is yeah can't see it um the game itself was you know fairly well, well received but the uh the one of the co-founders a dude named uh John McKellen uh he was actually uh brain work he was actually the we, we, we complained about this a bunch but the uh the alien isolation the, the alien AI that kind of always knows where you're at. Yeah. He made it. He right. made the AI. Hmm. That's weird because there's nothing like that in observation. No, not at all. What you do, oddly enough, you play as an AI. Yeah, which true. is actually kind of but a cool... But you're the AI, so there's not like any AI algorithm yeah. running. 
but uh, yeah, he actually he was the, the lead on the Alien Isolation's Alien AI. And he de- deconstructed, uh, doing that, he, like, deconstructed horror tropes from all the alien movies to figure out the best way to make the AI. And that's what led to him creating the idea to make Observation in, in his notes. Yeah, I guess. I don't see any relation to those two games. I don't either, but it, 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 the deconstruction of the troping is what he called it. Mm-hmm. And it led to him talking about, like, evil AI and stuff like that. He said, well... Hmm. And then that got him thinking, and he actually created observation off of that. That was the very, it's literally the next thing he did. Okay. And the fact that he uh, he wanted, I'm glad he didn't, but he wanted observation to be episodic. Okay. But he says he couldn't find proper stopping and starting points. Yeah. So he they 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 just scrapped the episodic idea and put everything out at once. Yeah. I'm thinking about it, I don't know where it would be how it would be episodic. Yeah. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's not big enough drama cutoff points to be episodic. I don't think. No. I mean, they could have made some up, I guess. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, do you want about the developer? Um. Well, that's kind of really about it. And like I said, they made the the four games. Something called uh, Super Arc Light. Stories Untold, which is like I said, this is like an anthology. And then another one called uh, this one seems to be like a comedy one. It's called like One Button Blackout. I don't know what it is. I think it may have been a mobile. It was like mostly mobile. I think it's, I think it's their first console game. Mm-hmm. The whole company is uh, 11 people. Yeah. They uh, started in 2015. And the, one of the cool things is that this whole game, its production cycle was uh, only 25 months. From inception to being coming out was that's two years. That's, that's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I think especially for only 11 people. Two years is probably a good cycle for a game to be made. I would think well, so. Especially a small-scale game. I mean, people start, you know, I don't get into this, but big com- the big companies with the Call of Duties and the Assassin's Creed trying to crank out games the size of Assassin's Creed every two years. And, and you know. then you get mistakes and wonder why people hate your games and hate you as a company. So I'm trying to think of, like, the... It, 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 again, it's a... It's a like adventure puzzle game as well. Yeah, it's an adventure puzzle game. It's 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 What's interesting about Observation... Firstly, it's a it's a game it's a space game a game yeah. with space station. You, you, it, weirdly, we seem to stumble upon a bunch of space games. Space games are hot right now. Me and Blake have talked about a couple of space games. Yeah. In general, you're well, deliver us the moon. Um, I'm going to blank now that I've said it, but we <laughs> well, I feel like we we run through a lot, bunch of space games. Like it just keeps well, happening. It was like the station way early on. Uh, the uh, this one observation then there was the we, one you just said we never did Tacoma um, but anyway there's a bunch of space kids out there but this one is actually unique as in as is you're uh, not playing a human you're playing as the uh, the ship's AI kind of like running along the lines of 2001 maybe Space like, Odyssey how kind of like how as if you were playing That's... how but I think how was more he becomes more uh, vindictive. I don't think vindictive well, is the right word. They're trying to shut him down because he's not letting them do their thing. Yeah, you know, when you play, that's, that's, a, that's a difference between you playing the AI and your, and how uh, rarely he seems to. He don't. He don't, He speaks. You speaks. Your, your AI. You're playing as, but he's never mean or seems like he's evil or he's trying to do anything bad. He's just doing what kind of what he's told yeah. by you and then by the other people entity. Yeah, uh, but you are playing as an AI, which is interesting, and 
one way is more interesting than another. One, uh, ver one of the main ways you play the game is you're 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 just in the camera system of the space station, and you can move and observe <laughs> through probably why it's called observation. Um, you can move through any camera in the station, and we had a now imagine we we had a guide playing this game telling us where to go and what to touch. I imagine this game is immensely daunting when you have free roam of the space station. You go anywhere you want. I mean, you have an objective thing on the screen kind of telling you where to go, but imagine having a guide and being able to access 20, 20 freaking cameras. Because you're, uh, you're on a space station that is, like, shut down. Because yeah, you wake up in aftermath of... Uh, well, before we get into the game, do you want to talk about graphics and music real quick? I mean, you can, but that's all. I mean... They, they did... Uh, very realistic graphics. Yeah, this this game's going entirely for realism. It's realistic graphics. They uh, uh the music was Yeah, I found a I found only found like the title screen thing to play. It was or the it. intro sequence thing to play. So you, you heard that by now if you, when we said the game. Uh music's ambient ambient space music. I mean we play a lot of space games. There's a lot a of a lot of quiet and just kinda like Yeah, just ambient space music. But um so you, you do see a lot of there's a lot of uh, sequences where you see the the other main character, the chick. I forgot her name. Uh, Emma, Doctor Emma Fisher. Emma, you get a lot of stuff of her face right in your face, like she grabs. So I say you play, you're in the cameras a lot, but eventually you fix a little flying drone and you get to fly. At some parts you fly around the drone, but she'll either grab. Sometimes she'll grab the drone and like looking right into the drone's camera, or she's looking right into a camera. You get, you get a lot of close up of her face. So they've tried to make her look as, as good as possible, I think. And she looks pretty decent. I will say this is one of the games that uh, I feel like I feel like it's a little dirty. They've been doing it for a couple of games where this game was getting, uh, has now probably got it. This game is getting a Series X enhancement, but almost right after it leaves Game Pass. I feel like another gamer, oh, really? another gamer too, has done that before. I feel like that's dirty. Like they, they like they purposefully time, purposefully time that update for folks who care enough to have to. Oh, maybe oh, I should buy it so I can see the update after it leaves Game Pass. Yeah, it seems kind of like I don't know. I don't know. It, I, I could be wrong. It's just, but I've had a couple of other games seem like they get updates like that right after they leave. Like literally, like. A few days after it leaves Game Pass, it gets a Series X update. So the game probably looked a little cleaner and crisper and stuff like that <clears throat> after that. But uh, I say graphically, obviously it's going for like every, it, this game is going for full blown realism. There's nothing cartoony, nothing like about that. They went for full blown. There's no. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, I don't know. I'm, just, I mean, I'm talking in circles. It's just yeah. full blown realism. And for. Just uh, kind of like the aesthetic. The best way I can call it is like a uh, like a retro future, kind of like you would look uh, watching Alien One or watching how it's in the future, but everything looks all the computers and stuff looks slightly antiquated with just the black screen and green letters yeah. type stuff. It's a I'd say retro futurism is a a good term. I would think yeah. it fits along the lines of Alien in mm -hmm. in two thousand one. Even a just a single sound effect that just the whirring of the camera just mm. oh, like br brought me back to alien and to how it was just the yeah you're that plenty of times oh, yeah. when you're playing your 
So a lot of what you're doing uh, generally, enough, it, it we'll say we won't go into spoilers for this because one, I don't really know what happened in the end. It gets it, 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 it does. Space but, Odyssey is a good, good comparison. Yeah, it goes wackadoo in the last hour, probably completely insane in the last hour. <clears throat> but generally, what you're doing in the game, so it's a puzzle puzzle things. There's a lot of little puzzles, but mostly what you're doing is. At first, it's just Emma giving you because you're, you're you're the ship's AI, so Emma will ask you to go do something while she does something else, and you'll you'll just go to another room and you'll access a panel or you'll access a computer, and you'll do different things, it, different things that she asked you to do. Yeah, because you're playing as, I guess as you said earlier, uh, you're playing as Sam. Yeah. He's the system, but Sam is literally just an acronym for Systems Maintenance and Administration or Systems Administration and Maintenance. That's literally what he's just a maintenance bot. He just runs everything. So just, just Sam. It's Space Station AI. Yeah, just Sam for short. And so, yeah, it's literally all you're doing. You're just... Yeah, you're actually, through the majority of the game, you're honestly just doing stuff for Emma. What she's asking you to do, yeah. So, what I one of my few notes that I wrote down, I don't really care for her uh, character that much. It's like, she's given... So, like, you're the AI you're playing as ends up... She never sees it, but you get you get end up getting contacted by another entity, which is the, what's the entity that makes things go wackadoo, mm-hmm. and the entity is asking you to do 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 things. So like so you you either doing something for Emma or you're doing something else to the station for this AI, and you're doing different things. And then but Emma's getting like warnings, like other signs and stuff. Like she's she's actually even told a few times like don't trust Sam. She's like told directly by. Like an audio log, or she's told, or something like that, or she finds out different things. Multiple things were telling her, like, don't, don't trust, don't trust Sam. Don't trust the AI. Don't yeah. like turn it off. Turn off Sam. Don't trust him. And she was like, well, that's weird. Anyway, Sam, I need you to go do this. Like multiple times. Like she yeah. just never addresses. She like, even in writing, she never addresses the fact. That she's being repeatedly told not to trust this AI. But she goes out of her way to do, like, when she has, like, those moments of, like, close-up in your face after, like, some, you know, explosion one of the space capsules and she almost gets spaced and you, you save her type thing. Yeah. Uh, she always, she does that thing where she, like, looks, looks looking into your soul when she's, mm-hmm. like, point blank with your face. Mm-hmm. That's what the guy talked yeah. about. All, a lot of the, the guy was always mentioned is, like, this next scene, Emma stares into your soul. And, and she does. looking right into the camera. But she always goes out of her way to say, um, Sam, you're the only one I trust. Sam, I trust you. I know. Because he's the one keeping her alive. And it's one of those things where you're not like... Uh, it almost feels like it could have been a choice, but if you don't do it, the story won't progress type thing. But like yeah, realistic... You, you have to do everything you're kind of told to do in the objectives, whether by her or whether indirectly told by this other entity thing. But... uh since Sam is just an AI, he'd never, he's literally like, and he's never, he doesn't even seem like he's corrupted or anything like that. Mm-mm. He just seems like he's been programmed to do, do tasks he's told. So he's not evil. No. There's no real good character in Sam. Sam is just an AI doing what he's been told to do. So he's not a great character, honestly. Yeah. Because he's either helping, like you say, you're either helping Emma or you're doing what, and he, he He's, he's Sam. Being, you don't ask. You don't. He's an AI. You don't ask questions. This isn't a story of an AI becoming aware. You're not. But well, part of the story is when the game starts. 
you have a massively corrupted data. Like you've lost like ninety seven percent of your of your capabilities. And the whole point of including some of the collectibles and combining the collectibles to expand your memory banks. Yes. Uh, the whole point of the collectibles is to expand your memory. Though you can go through the game and not collect the mem- the stuff. And I think the some stuff was- you have to. Some of the some of the collectibles are attached to the puzzles that you're doing. Yeah. But there's some pointless ones you don't have to collect. But lots I think of, still by the end of it, you still have the ending. Even though he, you, you have the ending, you have even if he doesn't have a hundred percent of yeah. his memory. There's one. There's one ending. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's one ending. But all in all, it, yeah, all in all, right? I know. You always say all in all, right in the middle of talking about something. I know. It's, it was good. It was, it was tedious. I think I, I think it. I think a lot of it was tedious. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I, I get um, the way a lot of things work and the way a lot of the puzzles puzzles are done. Now, we'll, we'll say the puzzle stuff, like you said, like with uh, I would call the C, the stuff you were doing that were puzzles is integrated into what's happening. Like you're 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 doing inside computer puzzles, not like mechanical stuff, like data things and poking data stuff and oh, yeah. kind of moving stuff around inside computers. And then you do a little bit with when you're when you're the little flying bot thing, which we talk about. You do get some free flight. I wish you didn't, honestly. I kind yeah, I kind of wish you didn't. I wish you didn't get the little robot. It adds. I think it's too much, and you get to go outside with the robot. I just didn't didn't need. It. I think the game should have stayed focused on you being the AI and the cameras. It may have been more focused. It may have been. Uh, maybe made the game not drag out a little. A little the game drags. Yeah, because your flying thing, you don't go very fast. It ain't about going fast. It's just about not, not needing, not needing it. Like, why wouldn't there just be? Well, there are the, the huge chunks of the game where you just, you don't use the flying guy. But yeah, like, yeah, majority you are the, you're in the cameras. But I, I, why, why can't there just be? Everything was that. Why did I? Why need can't there the, just be cameras outside? You know, if 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 they can build a robot that can go out in space, why can't they have a couple little cameras, observation cameras outside the space station? I, I almost feel like that may have been like an outside production note. They're like, hey, it needs. There's, there's no big publisher involved with them. Yeah, I know. So I don't know. Maybe they had some some test audiences or test players were like, hey, there needs to be more action in the game. It's kind of boring. And they're like, oh, let's give this little flying thing that you can, you know, hit air ducts and kind of fly through them. Or, it, oh, if we have a little flying bot, let's send them outside and make the vastness of space incredibly disorientating and hard to deal with. Maybe I'd rather... Maybe, maybe the point, yeah. I, I, I'd rather just not dealt with it. I'd rather just... Because you have... Because as you're unlocking more of your systems and gaining more of yourself back, you're actually gaining more and more access to more what do you call it wings or arms of the multinational spaceship that you got so you're getting spaceship. more and more rooms to go to it's mm-hmm. getting yeah so we didn't need the outside when the inside was growing bigger and bigger uh, periodically yeah i just think it was unnecessary and it extended the game the game is i don't know how, how long was your playthrough do you know i i so know i didn't so i got i got the 1k following the following the guide did i get the i don't know if i got the 1k I wrote I wrote down one K in my notes. I know I at least got the one K. I should probably di- write down uh, time time next to my one K when I do. I should write down time next to my games at least. It's not the game itself is not very long, but because of what you're doing, it is <clears throat> tedious sometimes. As you're kind of because you are. I mean, the game's interesting, but you are a lot of time. You are just running around cameras and poking at computers. I say, actually, I, I spent less time in observation than I did in um, Call of the Sea. 
not by much, but it's uh, Colosseum was almost eight hours, seven hours, fifty something minutes. This was seven hours, forty five minutes for the one k. So yeah. about roughly the same time. I think observation drags a little much on the tail end. You could it could observation should have got to the the point of making it to the ending where it wanted to go should have got there. A little cut an faster. hour, cut an hour, hour and a half out of the the poking around the station and stuff like that, which maybe they had a reason to make it the way it was. But you are, you are, I say, without a guide, Jesus, the amount of poking around you'd be doing in all these rooms, trying to trying to touch everything. Well, not to touch, but you'd be like interacting. A lot of these reading. rooms have multiple cameras, so you got multiple angles. The guide told us to go go to this, go to this, go to this hub, whatever it's called. What are they called? Camera one, camera two, camera three, or camera ABC, something like that. Yeah, so and it's like and zoom in on this laptop in the corner because of course while all this stuff's going on you're in space so like so some of the floating. stuff you're looking for is floating around in like a, a section it's kind of or just hanging out in the middle of a room. You did have too much of opening doors or too much of uh, go to this laptop. Oh, it ain't got no power. Go follow the power cord to the to yeah, the light. System link to system the, link to the uh, outlet and turn the power back on. It do that. So it gets it's it's. It's tedious for us, but I think it's stuff. I think it's stuff an AI would, an AI that's built for that would just do without thinking about it. One thing kind of cool. Me and Drew spoke about this when we while, while we were actually playing the game, is while you're playing as an AI and you're doing all this stuff, it feels really slow. Yeah. But at the same time, you think about it maybe from it kind of has a, uh, a a time relative thing. Like it feels slow for us. But maybe like as an AI, it would be going super fast. All yes. these synapses. Yeah, there's. A, I think an AI would like you've seen it in other things where an AI uh, perceives time differently. Like an AI is like you've seen AI jokes where AI is like, oh, I've done this ten thousand times in like two seconds. I think that you're doing that in the game. It feels slow because you're doing it, but the character Emma never complains about you taking forever. So I think. What you're actually doing is spending a few seconds in her time doing something. Yeah, so it, it, it's it, a perception of time thing. I feel like that's what I don't it, address it, but I think that's what you have to kind of put together yourself. And I, I did think that was pretty cool. Yeah, just kind of like, oh, that's you know, it's just you, part of being the AI, playing as an AI. Is, is is I think it's a it's a thing you don't get to ever experience in that kind of way. Time and relative space and dimensions. But yeah. And I, I, this I don't want to spoil, frankly, because I'm not entirely sure. Like, I know what's happening, but with the ending, it gets, it gets real, real crazy, real fast. Yeah. Even before the ending, so other stuff starts, other stuff starts happening. Like, uh, closer to this, God, you can't really say. I don't want to explain it because the, the real, the finding. This is more spoilery than Call of the Sea is. We, we, we spoiler warning Call of the Sea and gave kind of the ending of that game. Mm-hmm. The because of the slow nature of observation, it's a the different game. things you find out are help help me like oh cool that's interesting keep you maybe or interesting to keep you playing when you discover where you are and kind of what's going on up until not really knowing what happened in the freaking ending the ending does even does the kaleidoscope stuff that was in you know what like it's in a. Uh, 2001 it's in interstellar oh, yeah. it's just like this it just gets all kaleidoscopy and weird you know all yeah, the, all the exactly from those movies it does all of that you're well, supposed to you're supposed to gather what's happening from a kaleidoscope acid trip so uh, yeah. i don't know anyway we don't want to spoil the the certain story beat there's a couple of story things i'm thinking of 
off the top of my head uh, that I'd rather you just maybe experience. The game has left Game Pass, obviously, but I'd say this game ain't worth no more than $10. I would like to, uh, if I could, uh, briefly talk about the the, the voice actors. Because the game was voiced. We don't think we... Yeah, is it spoilery to say plural because we, we've only talked about Emma and Sam I'm only going to talk about Emma and Sam okay. that's the only because there's I'm just going to because there's audio logs and stuff but I'm only going to talk about Emma and Sam yeah, Emma it, wasn't initially alone on the space station obviously who would yeah. be yeah but um so Dr. Emma Fisher is voiced by Kezia Burroughs she is a, a known uh, mocap artist and voice actress she tends to do it's for, she tends to do both, but she oddly, oddly enough does more mocap than anything. Because hmm. uh, she did the... And whatever she could do mocap in anyway, let me clarify that. She's uh, More recently, she was in Bravely Default 2. She was Gladys in, Bravely, in the, the Switch Bravely Default 2. She's in a game called Greedfall, which I'm... I, I've seen the name it's of... A, bunch, it's a Spider's game. It's a Spider's She's in Greedfall. She does a lot. She's one of the voices in XCOM Two. She, I think, she's a doctor in XCOM Two, but she's also one of like the, the customized voices you can do too. Okay. Uh, she's the main girl. Uh, I forget the the girl's name, but she's the main girl in uh, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, which, which we just spoke about. She's the main hmm. voice for the one girl of, you play as. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also she did voice work for Amanda Ripley. Ellen Ripley's daughter in Alien Isolation, oddly enough, which is probably where they met. That's the main character, isn't she? No, Ellen Ripley is Sigourney Weaver. In Isolation, uh, Amanda Ripley is uh, her daughter. Aren't she playing as her daughter in Isolation? I think so. You're the main character. She's the main character. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So I I got confused by... (laughs) Yeah, she's the main character of Isolation. Yeah, so she she did mocap. That's where she met, where they met, maybe? Yeah, she she did mocap and voice for that. And she also did mocap and voice for the main character in Remember Me. I think it's the main character, Nylon, Nylon, I think so. Which is a Dotnid game. Yeah, Dotnid. Dotnid, Dotnid. Yeah. She also, she didn't do the voice, but she did the mocap for Aloy. She was the mocap artist for Aloy. Hmm. And speaking of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Aloy is um, Sam's voice actor, uh, a gentleman named Anthony Howell, uh, was the voice of Durval in... uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Durval. Who's, who's Durval? Um, I love Horizon. Remember who Durval? Durval, Durval, Durval. He was either the drunk... No, I think he was the dude with the... Early on, Durval. I think he was the guy who uh, Aloy first meets. He's a, he has a functioning focus. The bald guy? Yeah, I think that's Durval. I think that's Durval. Durval. I thought you were going to say he was Hades. No, 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 no. Same with the same voice actor who did Hades. That'd be hilarious. And played another AI. Uh, but he's also... He does. Um, he he was also in Alien Isolation. <laughs> so they all know each other. Yeah. Was, how is it not the same company? That I don't made know. Isolation. It's weird. Uh, he was also in Isolation. He unfortunately did. Um, he was in. He did voice work for Anthem. Well, he got paid. So yeah. He was in Call of the Cthulhu. Someone named uh, Edward Pierce. Edward. Yeah, we haven't played that yet. Yeah. He actually um, in the remake of Dark Souls. He does voice work in the 2020 remake of Dark Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Souls. Yeah, he is someone called the Puppeteer, and Yurt the Silent. So voice guy, voice guy (laughs) named Yurt the Silent. Yeah, he probably probably got. It also says he was the main voice for uh, Selma. He was the voice of the main character for Selma. Okay. 
which we I talked about. Soma is something that's going to have to come back around the podcast. I'll play it eventually. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I did it quite justice. It's an AI kind of a thing too, a little bit actually. And Soma is uh, Soma's probably a little storyline wise. Soma is a little better than maybe I gave it credit for. We might do another if we do another part. Another I'll, episode spoiler. We'll do a a full maybe a fuller spoilery version of Soma. Soma was like episode like two or three two of the or podcast. Three, yeah. yeah. And uh, his one last voice credit. This will be the last one I do. Another game we played mm-hmm. on the and we talked about it on the podcast. And another don't need game. He was the voice of Jonathan Reed, the main character from Vampire. Mm. That was same. Vamper. Vamper. Vampire. But yeah, that's. I, I hated. We talked about it. I hated that game. Yeah. God, I hated that game. It should have been good. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, her being a, a mocap artist and stuff like that. Because they can't actually go in space, but you do see her float. You mm-hmm. see Emma from camera floating in. Yeah. They literally... Um, There's no gravity. There's no gravity at all in that game. Yeah. But in order to do it, they would... Because um, having... Hear them talk about it and then seeing it in the game, I'm like, I see what happened. They literally set her in a, a wheelchair and, and ran her around the office. <laughs> and they would, hold the cam- they would hold the camera and walk, walk around her... Or they'd do like an over-the-head shot and let her spread her arms around, and it would give her like as if she was floating in a circle. But all of her, all the space mocap mm-hmm. was her sitting in an office chair, being rolled around the office and That's being awesome. recorded from outside. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so I thought that was actually really cool and you know inventive and fun. Uh, I without because I don't want to spoil the game. I don't really have much more to talk about. Yeah, it's it's harder because it's it's so much more. Uh, so I said earlier, so much more spoilery for its mind trippy re- nature. More relevant to spoil it than it would be to. There's a lot more story events that we're not getting into that uh, maybe make it worth uh, playing. Like I said, it, maybe you understand the ending a little better. I kind of get what happened in the ending, but I just don't get the why or anything like that. Like it's supposed to be. I don't. I don't want to say what what's hap- What I think is happening, but it's just. I don't know. I just didn't. Didn't seem entirely relevant. It also didn't seem like it built up to what was happening enough. Emma seemed so oblivious to what's going on, like completely, completely oblivious to what's going on the whole time. Uh, there's no. There's no character in Sam whatsoever. There's no like him learning like. I'm an AI. I should do things, or I shouldn't do things. There's no character in Sam, so I don't think the full aspect of the ending is earned. Yeah, in a way, maybe. But um, that's all I've got for it. You got anything else? I mean, it's it's not on Game Pass. I wouldn't pay more than probably. I hate saying what to pay for games sometimes, but yeah. sometimes you don't. You want to pay thirty, forty bucks for a game like this. I mean, much of the company they they got a pretty good push on the. On the game, on game pass. pass and stuff like that. I'd say I think I think the game's worth ten, maybe ten dollars for the length of time you'll spend playing it, uh, or longer if you want to read every single collectible. There's a lot of the collectibles in the game were emails between the other different staff members on the observation. Does space station have a name? I think it did, but uh, I, I don't really remember. Is it, it called the observation? <laughs> no, I don't even remember the name of the space station because they say it, like you see it early on written all the stuff, but. I didn't really. It was called observation. I don't think it was. I think it was called <laughs> something else. Because because I remember they had because like I said multinational space station. Yeah. Uh, you had like all the Chinese people. It's called the Chinese arm. All the Russian people that worked on it was called the, the Russian, Russian arm. And it was the American, all, all yeah. They all knew each other and everything. Yeah. Anyway, 
I think it's worth experiencing just because of the, the because of the aspect of what you play. But it, the game is extremely slow at times. It is it's, it's a little bit tedious. Uh, unless you really love puzzles and poking around in computers and stuff like that, I would recommend just following a guide, preferably probably the TA guide. You know, we're big fans of TA around here. That's all I got for it. Ready to move on? You got anything else? No, not really. Not an obvious. I know we kind of shot through it, but it's. Its story is much more mystery-based and convoluted than Call of the Sea, which is f- straightforward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, so w- the last thing we got here, and uh, I don't know how, how fast we can get through it, but this is our, our first mini-series probably. I'll try to get through it as quick as I can without rushing. Because I haven't narrowed I only talk. I'm only going to be talking about like three of the actors and the writer and the director. Yeah, so this is a... <clears throat> this this kind of doubly ties into everything. Uh, um, I'll let Blake say the name here in a second. But what's cool about this is the guy, you'll probably say his name, the guy who pretty much ran this whole miniseries and developed this whole miniseries. <clears throat> because of this miniseries, uh, he was selected to uh, run and take and run the new uh, HBO Last of Us TV show. He's directly directly involved in running. I think it's because of the tone of this fit, might fit real well with the tone of Last of Us. So I'll go ahead. I'm kind of already maybe if you know what I'm talking about, you probably already, I've already kind of spoiled what it is. But Blake can go ahead and try to get you to watch this miniseries. Right, uh, so the uh, the miniseries slash limited series that I'm going to be talking about is called uh, Chernobyl. Uh, it came out uh, May. It ran from May 6, 2019 to June 3, 2019. Very short, only five episodes, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. And each episode ran from like 60 minutes to like 70 minutes, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And so like it's you know basically just a five-hour-long movie, essentially. And it's uh, the historical drama-slash-tragedy of what happened in Chernobyl in yeah. April 1986. Yeah, I think... This was all based on real accounts, right? Maybe fluffed in certain areas, maybe. Yes and no, because it's Because I was reading like reviews and stuff. Apparently, the the show absolutely adored and loved yeah. in I, America I, I, and I other it. select parts of the world. But I when doubt, it comes to, I, I like, doubt they liked it that much where it happened. Like, when hey. it when it comes to Russia and Ukraine, it's about fifty fifty. Yeah, it's about fifty fifty on what people liked about the movie. Well, I think what they probably didn't like, unless you did a dub, is this entire show is in English, and none of them would have been English-speaking well, it people. was a, a lot of the historical inaccuracies. There's a bunch of that? There was more they, than they were. I thought they were doing their best to be as accurate as possible. Well, yes, and again, yes and no. <laughs> they still had to make a movie. Some of the bigger complaints, again, it was mostly uh, like Ukraine and Russia talking, because they, they, they lived it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they, some of the bigger things was like they didn't appreciate how evil they portrayed the, the Soviets. They're like, yeah, they did some un, unquestionable things. They were ungodly, but like, this is an explosion that blew up, and it's, some of his debris was found like four or five miles away. You can't cover this up. Mm-hmm. But they're like trying, like, oh yeah, they just put a black bag in front of it, and well, nothing happened, guys. It's okay. Just a forest fire. We're taking care of it. Like, people aren't that dumb. Mm-hmm. They're trying, they they portray they, they, as the government being super evil and going, y'all listen to what I say, which, you know. That's what they did. <laughs> but it was also 1986. With this event did lead to the downfall of the Soviet Union, people fighting back. So people were already tired of it and not stupid at this point, 1986. 
Yeah. I think the Soviet Union fell in like 87 or 80. I, I don't know. I, don't the, know, I, know, I know it was shortly after this. This was like the tipping point when people decided to fight back and be like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They tried to, as they tried to cover it up. They did abortion. try to cover it up, but people weren't stupid. Too big. Exactly. I think that's what kind of did them in. So the people complained about the Soviets being too evil. Because some of the higher-ups, yes, but some of the lower-level people were just doing, again, doing what they were told. Mm-hmm. You see that in the movie. Yeah. And some of the other stuff was... Show. Show. Uh, the, um, they talked about blatantly not giving information to people. Was what all governments do. Yeah, but some of the stuff wasn't on purpose. They were... It happened too fast. They were trying to fix it too quickly, and some information just wasn't given to people. They weren't being negligent on purpose. Like they, they, it, there was only really only one guy in the well, one the main guy that's yeah. in the factory at the time. That one guy, I don't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know if that, I don't know how accurate he was. There's, there's that one guy they tried to pin the whole thing on. Who's like when you watch it, he's clearly doing everything wrong. Yeah, I wonder if that was like if that's actually what happened or how how accurate that was to the they say first accounts. If he was literally because that guy, you know, what I'm talking about the yeah. guy who's in the he's in the courtroom and he's like looking mad the whole time as they recount how horribly he handled the situation. That guy was clearly just bad at his job or just, I don't know, he was just such a, he's like a pivotal, there's no, it's hard to say there's a bad guy in the movie because it's not that kind of, not, not that kind of show, but he's like but they definitely, the guy that could have made a couple of right choices and maybe things wouldn't have been as bad, but he, he, he ignored, he ignored what his crew was telling him, like, "Hey, this ain't right." And the guy was like, "Oh, I'm just tired of, I'm tired of being here. I don't want to be here. Blah blah blah. Don't, don't worry about yeah. it." And then, well, I'm, they, I'm paraphrasing, but that guy, I don't know. He, from some of the stuff that I read about, uh, his portrayal, because he's based on a real person. He's based on a real person, and but they, they made him out to be much more evil and negligent. Like some of the interviews was like literally people in the room when it happened third engineer so-and-so like people interviewed him mm-hmm. and they're like he's like yeah he was mean but he was also this was his baby why would he want this to go badly mm-hmm. he's like he wasn't in, as mean as the show made it out to be he yeah, he like yes he was assertive he made sure you did what you were told because you were he's the boss you're supposed to do what you're told but like they made he him out to be very negligent in the yeah. show but they're like for someone who's a nuclear scientist he wouldn't be that stupid Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have been, but as they he was, as he watched all the, all the systems warning what's happening exactly. So, but they're like everyone kind of made fun of it, trying to Hollywood, trying to Hollywood up the, the story. Bad guy. Yeah, maybe they that they needed a bad guy. Exactly, yeah. he would be the guy. He would be the bad because people. It's funny because so many people. I'm, I'm getting kind of loud and excited about this. I apologize, <laughs> but so many people. Uh, you know, there's a lot of complaints about the historical inaccuracies, this, that, and the other. But then they, well, there's a lot of stuff we. We would never be told. Yeah. And, but they, they, they praised how much of it was accurate, but they also, people complained, like, some things you could have made more accurate. But one of the things was, it's funny, because all the people complained about inaccuracies, but everybody had the same thing. They're like, uh, it was beautifully shot. It was a gorgeous, it was fun to, like, no one had anything to complain about how visually appealing it was and how yeah. all the actors did a great job. Well, I think it was fantastic yeah but it was just some of the the inaccuracies of people who were like they were like we were there that night it's like some of the people still alive yeah yeah, some of you know he's like it was horrible but some of the people and then one thing they got a lot of praise for though talking about inaccuracies this that and the other is in the opening scene 
a lot of history completely doesn't talk about the first responders and the volunteers to help clean it up and the firefighters and the policemen that mm-hmm. showed up that, that they, they get forget over, but they go in depth on some of those people. Mm-hmm. We well, have a whole story a whole, about, about the one guy he's talking to his wife and then and, he gets the call and he runs off. Like mm-hmm. it's a whole, a whole thing. And they're like, they, everyone prays that they're like, cause the, the unsung heroes, those people were just forgotten. Yeah. And then they a lot were, of them died yeah. from running into a radioactive death zone. And then some of them, it's funny because they're like, oh, yeah, when some of the people came back with the lesser sickness, uh, we, we cleansed them of the radiation, and they were good after like two years. Yeah, they had some bad burns, but I'm sure, again, some of them died years later from cancer and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then a, a, some of them just got to go on with just like, you know, radiation burn, malformed, and that was it. But the, the way it was portrayed was that everybody died, grew tumors, did this, and died horribly. But not everyone did. Mm-hmm. Except, um, but then they they do. Uh, I don't want to spoil that, but the some of the one of the other things is the except twenty seven of the firefighters were indeed mass graved and then poured zinc and concrete over them, so the radiation couldn't leak out because of how close they were. Like, a, that was a, true. That happened. Okay. But then some of the other stuff didn't. They mm-hmm. they made it more severe than it actually. Like, I mean, it's a severe thing. Yeah, had this little drama there at the particular at, at the initial event. Yeah, there was a. They talked about um, they said the first responders, firefighters, and the one thing that not a lot of people talk about either is the the miners, the miner crew that dug underneath like the miles long tunnel. Yeah, that, that's later. That's later yeah. into the show. Yeah, but th- that's a hundred. That was a. They did that. Yeah. Well, they did it because one of the. Uh, this is kind of funny. One of the leads on the team who was who was overrunning. The excavation site for the Soviet Union. He wasn't a miner, but he was overrunning the the miners. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yeah." He's like, "The miners took their clothes off." He's like, "They, you know, because it was, so, it was hot. so hot." But um, no one ran around naked, like they did in the show. He's like, "That was strange." It was they, funny. They take to be old just wanting to show leaners. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, some of them. Yeah, he's like, they got they were down to their underwear, but no one worked naked. He's like, he's like, that was funny to see, and I laughed, but that's not what really happened. That, that was HBO completely. Exactly. There's some dude in a, HBO, in, a, in a suit in a meeting like, we got to show some dick. we got to show some wings. This is HBO, man. Have you seen Game of Thrones? we got to show it. It was so you're talking about that's, you know, that's kind of kind of annoying that there was a guy that they they had a guy who clearly said they weren't naked. And then, yeah, he was like they were. I guess he he saw it after the fact, after it was too late. So yeah. I wonder why the guy the the maker that I mean had to, had to be told to make him just because it would be it, it, it was funny it brought some because for something that was super oh, I mean is it funny I mean just because some dudes are naked is it funny considering the situation they're in it's, I mean it's shock peel shocking them I guess like I, I don't I don't I don't remember if I laughed I just I'm, cause I'm at that point the stuff you've we'll kind of get into a little bit but a lot of the stuff you heard up up to that point the the terrifying nature of the situation all the science was real. All the signs was 100. So those, accurate. so those, so we can. But I'm saying up to that point, seeing some naked dudes ain't ain't funny when you consider what 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 they're having to do and why and they're why doing they're what they're being doing. Being naked dudes, there's just drawing. no there's no comedy in this. There ain't nothing funny about anything that's happening. No. So you say that, getting back to that, the the terrifying nature and this show is terrifying. Like it's but the most terrifying thing about I said while we're watching in between in between episodes, we watch this in like two days. Yeah, we watched it. We couldn't stop watching. Like it was yeah. so. Good. We almost watched it all in one night, but we're like, we got to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, the terrif- most terrifying thing about this is that it actually happened. Yeah, and it can happen again. Yeah, 
the uh, you know again some of the portrayal of the people and everything, but the event and the science behind it actually happened, and that's all one hundred percent true. You can't Hollywood that up. Like that's real science. Yeah, that is the science real. that there's hope. I hope it's I hope the science because there's a there's a main scientist they recruit to try to stop it. You want to see his, his name is uh, his, actor maybe? It, yeah, uh, but briefly I do want to I want to say one statement and then I talk about the actor is um, some of the scientists, some of the nuclear physicists and scientists who they interviewed about accuracies of the movie. Like the uh, like the big consensus is them is like there was no need for a scientist to uncover the truth. He's like because anyone who's in neuro, who's in nuclear science or a nuclear physicist already knew the science that we already knew what was wrong, but he was like um, explaining it to the layman was the hard part. Anyone who was in that field knew what went wrong, and there so was something to do with the reaction. When you talk about explaining it, explaining things to the layman, which we're we're as a viewer, you're a layman watching yeah. this. I mean, I'm such a nuclear physicist watched it. That's what's so scary about. So as this dude is explaining. He's explaining it to army people and other things, other people. And he's dumbing it down. Well, what's terrifying, I keep saying terrifying because it is terrifying. The numbers and the scope, the numbers and the scope of what he is relaying to these people is beyond human comprehension. The damage of what this thing did. They say, what he explains, if they didn't stop it the best they could... Don't people say parts of Chernobyl, that part of Chernobyl is still burning to this day? I mean, not burning, but they're in, uninhabitable. I don't think it's burning. But whatever, but yeah. he said if they didn't do the, the steps they took to stop it, like Chernobyl, did he say at one point Chernobyl could have wiped out life on the planet? Yeah. Like it could have, if they, if, if, they, if they just ran and didn't, if they just ran away and didn't do the, the steps they took to deal with it. Yeah. What happened at Chernobyl would have, could have wiped life off the planet, eventually, or at least yeah, it mutated would, it. To it would have taken it, it would have taken time as it continued to burn because it would burn forever. What what's in it would have burned forever. Yeah, the and the chemicals and stuff, the science behind it would have like I couldn't I may not be entirely accurate, but I feel like those those things he was saying, and he was giving off numbers and statistics and what it was doing and what was happening. You're, you're just when you're, and you're watching, I'm watching like mouth agape. Like this is so terrifying. Like, it's real, and this is real. This happened. This isn't like something made up, some scary science they're making up for a TV show. This happened, and they're still. I don't know if they did they close. Chernobyl ended up. I'm kind of skipping ahead. Chernobyl ended up them closing a bunch of these other facilities, right? Yeah. There's because the other one, others, there's other. They're not all called Chernobyl. They all got different names. But no, the, you know, the nuclear reactors are still up and running, but they just increased safeguards and stuff like that. Yeah, and they have more specialized equipment and so stuff. This like could that. still, whoopsie daisy, it could it's happen. Way again. less likely because now we got computers involved, and it's there's no, a lot more. But anyway, yeah. this disaster is still exi- like. Well, this, we, it, it did happen. Japan had a nuclear reactor meltdown. Yeah, but it wasn't Chernobyl. It wasn't they, Chernobyl. They must have caught it faster. And, well, yeah, they still lied about how severe it was. <laughs> of course, they always do. The government's involved. But it was. It was not a Chernobyl. But yeah. it still affected people. But it, it still yeah. got shut down, and people, you know, people live near it and everything. It, it, it's kind of it wasn't near as bad as absolute yeah, so it meltdown. Could still keep it could happen. Yeah, it it did happen not that long ago. I mean, but ima- not on imagine the scale. A, imagine a bunch of like millennials. These imagine a bunch of millennials. Like this is the world we live in. A bunch of millennials who get job. A bunch of phone self absorbed phone obsessed millennials getting a job at a, at a at a nuclear factory. 
just as a, like a, a job. They're supposed to be watching these computers and watching these numbers, but they're so freaking full of their phones and looking at their phones and themselves and selfieing. And they're not. Imagine the different kinds of people, modernly, that would be working in a factory like this. It's just come on. But I'm, I'm sure there are safeguards. There's safeguards and computers, but that stuff is not. A, I don't know. I just. I'm scared, y'all. Yeah. I'm scared, well, I'm sure, I'm scared I'm of sure nuclear you're... reactors. The stuff could just wipe us off the face of the earth. Well, I mean, look, if Homer Simpson can run one, anyone can run one. <laughs> I don't one. think he's running one. He's... He runs a nuclear reactor. That's his job. He monitors a nuclear reactor at the, yeah. at the power plant in Springfield. That's his, his number one job. I guess. I'm just on business stuff. If you are if you don't know, some people know, you've heard, everybody's heard the name Chernobyl, but I don't know. Watching it, this takes you to a whole nother, a whole nother level. Of what it of what it meant and what it still means today, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in, yeah, to several people. How many? Because we gotta. Um, I'm, I I want to talk about the three main people, and then I want to talk about the creator. Mm-hmm. So, I might be talking about the creators first. And so we'll then. wrap up. I don't want to say anything more about the story. I, I think I've said my piece so much enough about it. You can, yeah, bust of these people. Yeah. We'll, we'll wrap so this bad boy up. I'm gonna talk about the two creators real quick. Well, the, the, the writer and creator mm-hmm. of the show is a gentleman named Craig Mazin. Mm-hmm. Is he the one doing yes. Last of Us? So it's really weird, but it's it's weird but not unheard of uh, that comedy comes from a dark place. Because mm-hmm. the majority of his stuff is all comedies. Oh, really? There's no, I don't, I don't, is, there, is there any laughs in Chernobyl? <laughs> not really. There's some heartfelt moments, but or heartwarming moments between some of the characters getting along type mm-hmm. thing. But then again, heartwarming isn't exactly a comfortable feeling. Like, heartburn sucks. I don't know if you guys have no, heartburn or reflux, but heartwarming kind of hurts. But anyway, uh, Craig Mazin, uh, he did Senseless. He wrote, directed, and produced Senseless, which is a Marlon... Oh, no, it's, I think it's Damon Wayans and David Spade where he drinks the, the potion and gets like... Super vision. He gets a bunch of sin- like he can like zoom in and one of the things he zooms in on a girl. Seen that before? I've seen it. It's funny. Hmm. It's silly. He also wrote Scary Movie three and four. Dang. He also did Hangover two and three. Gosh. He's also working on. Uh, he also has another comedy show called Mythic Quest on he, Apple TV. It's he, got. He needs to do a sorry. He needs to go and do a after Chernobyl's out and done. He needs to go and make another Chernobyl, but like a spoof Chernobyl. If he can write, <laughs> if he can write Scary Movie three and four, he needs to do a, an entirely movie that's just spoofing Chernobyl, a comedy spoofing Chernobyl. Yeah, because uh, he has a, he has it in him somewhere. Yeah, it's a uh, brand work. It's an Apple TV exclusive show called. Yeah, uh, I want to want to receive yeah, it. It's called Mythic Quest, but it's it was created by uh, Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's kind of like I think it's the guild with more budget is what it sounds like, and yeah. uh, he wrote that. Unless it comes to streaming, other streaming servers will never see it. Yeah, like you said, Last of Us. He's he's he was that's the big one. He's they, writer they, creator. Kind of finalized a lot of the casting for that. Yeah. A lot of strange casting, but I have I have faith. So we'll see how it how it goes. But two other weird things is he's uh, writing the up and coming. Who knows when it's ever going to come out? It's been up in there, but he is the current writer. I think they've changed a few times. Of the upcoming sixth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, he's also writing uh, the Borderlands movie. So that's been casted. So that's uh, he's, he, 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 I've he, heard nothing about Caribbean, but uh, they've been showing the cast in their costumes for Borderlands. So yeah, 
and so that's the writer. It's like weird, all that comedy, and then boom. And Chernobyl, then, the dark, one of the dark, darkest things you've ever seen. And then The Last of Us, and so he, he's got good, yeah. good stuff. Now, the director is a little... Did one it, director direct the whole thing? He directed all five episodes, yeah. His name is uh, Johan Rinnick. Mm-hmm. He's a Swedish gentleman, and he primarily got to start directing music videos, and he himself was a singer-songwriter, but he, as far as I can tell, he only got one really big hit in, um, in Sweden. I don't think it really went everywhere. But as far as music videos... It was a bunch of people I had never heard of. And then he had like two Madonnas and two David Bowie ones. So maybe he maybe he got bigger closer to the end. Um, but he's he himself, he even says that he prefers to do pilots or miniseries. He doesn't like being contracted to come in to do... Because it says he actually got offered uh, several times to come in and do uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And when he went to the interview, he's like, yeah, I want to do this, this, and this. And they're like, well, no, we have this. We're doing... We, we, I've heard before, and we've heard... I've actually heard Kevin... We've heard Kevin... Heard? We heard it. We heard you it real good. We, we heard it real good. <laughs> we heard it... We've heard uh, Kevin Smith talk about it on a podcast. With when, a, you, when, d- when, you, when you come in as a director into a long-standing series, you're not really doing a whole bunch. No, and I think they don't want you to do a whole bunch. Like mm-hmm. Kevin has dropped into a bunch of Marvel things and DC things, mm-hmm. mostly, mostly DC. DC the but uh, he says you kind of come in, and the cast and crew, everybody, and writers, they all know what they're doing, <laughs> and you just kind of you kind of just piddle around and have fun. He's like, you guys know what you're doing, right? I'm gonna head down. I'm gonna head down to the gas station and get a bunch of burgers and onion rings and well, fries for everybody. Went, like a local fast food place. And he, yeah. he literally went. And got drunk. The guy was probably like that. The director he wanted to come in and like do some something cool. He said he wasn't the Game allowed of Thrones, enough. The Game input. of Thrones. The Game of Thrones folks are just like, ah, we got this kind of going where it needs to be going. I get why he would. And that, we've heard other other accounts of that kind of stuff. When you're in a series, it's just not as interesting to, especially but, if you have a vision for something. Yeah, he 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 done a, he did a bunch of AMC stuff early on. Mm-hmm. He directed a few episodes of Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. Just so he did that. Early. He actually so, did, so he did do, did that. do that kind I think of he stuff. was allowed more creative input on those, just because mm-hmm. I guess visually and stuff. But other AMC stuff is uh, he directed the pilot and a few episodes of Halt and Catch Fire, which is like an Hacker internet show. thingy. Yeah, yeah. and he also did the pilot and a few additional episodes of Bates Motel. Yeah, Jessica watched it. I wasn't very interested in it. Uh, on he also did uh, something called Vikings and Bloodlines, where he did the pilot episodes and a few additional episodes in season one. See, he's, set he's yeah. He says he likes to do pilots, but if you do a pilot and the show takes off, you get paid for every episode. Exactly. Well, that's all he wants to do pilots. He wants to set the tone for the show. And like, and every episode he did, other direct was it was only in season one of those shows. Mm-hmm. Was he wanted help? Like I guess re- pilots, pilot, well, yeah. pilot and additional episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also uh, did an episode, I think two episodes of Black Mirror. But that's did, an, did he direct the pilot for Walking Dead? No, he didn't. Okay. That was Frank Durban. Oh, that's right. Frank Durban was yeah, back when he was involved. Yeah. But uh, he also did a, a couple episodes of Black Mirror, and he says he would love to do... He, he prefer he would love See, Black to do, Mirror is different because every episode is different. He said he would he would love to do more anthology stuff, and but he he primarily focuses on miniseries and a bunch of the miniseries is. Did he do an American, any American Horror Story? Not yet. I'm, you know this is off topic. You know you know they they announced another American Horror Stories, not cleverly named, but American Horror Stories where every episode is different. Oh no, I think I heard about dude, that because they also have American what, Crime Story too. What's his, what's his name announced that the Murphy or Murphy. Fulchik? Murphy. Yeah, it's, Ryan, it's Ryan Murphy. Murphy's who does everything. Well, Ryan Murphy and Brad Fulcher. But, yeah, but Murphy, Murphy, mostly Murphy. 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 Anyway, I saw that announcement. I was like, come on. I mean. And so, yeah, he's Mohi, but he 
that's what his his primary focus is pilots and miniseries or anthology. Get paid. Yeah. So you know he's he's whatever, but the it was still like them. So when, them when he when he was going to do Chernobyl, they probably he was getting he was they was asking maybe he got like you would you would do, you do all of it. It's like a long. Yeah, I think most miniseries. You're, you're, you're everything. Yeah. A couple of miniseries. This is his first miniseries. No, he's done a bunch of other ones, but again, they were like uh, some of them were documentaries, and some were like mm. Swedish things that I just. This is borderline a documentary. Yeah, but I didn't have uh, the knowledge to talk about anything Swedish because mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it for the the creators. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of actors. Oh, there's hundreds of people. But I'm only going to talk about like the main three, and one of them I really don't need to talk about, but she does a good job, and she has a kind of a role that I do want to talk about. Okay. Well. Yeah. So we have uh, Jared Harris, who plays uh, Valerie Legislov. He's like kind of, he's essentially like the protagonist. He's the guy who's sort of standing up. To, is that the scientist? He's a scientist now. He's the one who delivers all the all the horrifying math. Mm-hmm. So he's a, an actor from Great Britain. Uh, he's done everything, film, television, and stage. He's been ad- doing it since 1989, and he's still he's got stuff coming out next year, 2022. Um, I don't want to super dig into everything he's been in, just because there's so, so much. But he is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him in anything before? Uh... You you, you, you recognize his face. He's he's been in so much stuff. You recognize his face, but some of his uh, more more recent. I'm not going to dig deep, but more recent stuff was he had a long standing run on Mad Men, another AMC show. Oddly enough, he was in the uh, Guy Ritchie's uh, Sherlock Holmes. In the second one, he was Moriarty, Hmm. and um, he was also in Benjamin Button. He had a, he was the the drunk captain. He was like, e- "You're getting younger. I'm drinking a lot." Oh, you do drink a lot, Captain. He was the guy who ran the boat and took it, took him to a hooker for the first time. He's a real, he's a real funny dude, but he had so many things, and I just couldn't figure out which ones to talk about. And such a long career, good actor, he knocks it out of the park. And the second one is a uh, Stellan Skarsgård. He is the father to a bunch of them. Uh, anyone named Skarsgård, but two bigger ones is Alexander Skarsgård and Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Directly, his chitlins. <clears throat> easy, easy enough. Alexander from True Blood played Eric, and then Bill. Whether you can tell or not with makeup, Bill was Pennywise in the chapter one and chapter twos. Mm-hmm. He plays a uh, Boris Serchabin. Serchabin. There's a lot of CHs and SHs in that name. He's been. Uh, 68 to 2022. He's still, he got stuff coming out next year. And he's Swedish film stage actor, TV. Um, quick. There's some Marvel movies, didn't he? Yeah, he's Dr. Ed, Ed, Eric Selvig. Played some scientist. And like he's been Thor, in, was it like Thor 1? He was in Thor, Dark World, Avengers, and Age of Ultron. And I think it, it said untitled Marvel project, so he'll probably pop up in Love and Thunder or something. Yeah. Because he was part of it. And he was also uh, in like Goodwill Hunting, and oddly enough, I just spoke about Pirates of the Caribbean. He stars in Pirates of the Caribbean two and three as Bootstrap Bill Turner, Will Turner's deceased father, who works on the uh, the yeah, they watch the Pirates movies. Mm-hmm. And now this last one is a lady named Emily Watson. She's been uh, she's a little, a little less uh, ninety one to two twenty twenty one. She don't have anything for next year yet. Her character is Uliana. Konyak, 
And so she's a weird character. She was the only character created for the show. But she is a composite of a whole... Instead of having like 17 people, they compiled her to be the voice for all of them. Everything she says was said, but by a bunch of different people. So they instead of hiring that many people, they just composited into one character. Mm. To make it a little easier for people to, to digest and less people to get confused and save money on. So she's the only one they made up, but everything she does and says someone else did, mm-hmm. okay. you know, that's strange. Yeah. And so she's a, again, same thing for her British uh, TV stage film. I want to say that this is a, a dumb thing to say, but uh, their tones are about the same. If you ever watched Goldberg's Goldberg's and Chernobyl, they have, they have about the same tone. Uh, <laughs> I'm only saying this because if you didn't know the 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 sister in Goldberg's, she doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Goldberg's is based it's it's based on his real family, all yeah. the show and everything. The uh, the producers and said he needed to have a, a there needed to be a girl, so she's actually completely made up, which is weird because that show I watched a lot of that show with Jessica. They have some of the real camera stuff from when mm-hmm. he was when he was younger. Yeah, and no, there's no sister. There's just no. Yeah, which is weird because you and I are in a family where there's no sister. Well, well, also there's not a TV. We don't have a TV. Show. Yeah, I know. Which is I'm just saying, the TV show people are like, there needs to be a girl. And you have to have diversity. There needs to be a sister. Like so that yeah, it's not not the same thing as your Chernobyl thing. Yeah. But I'm just saying, sometimes they do. Some people with studios step in to have things get made a certain way. You know. Anyway, uh, I don't know if that was worth saying or not. Yeah, that's fair. Your uh, <laughs> your input is much both are, appreciated. Both are, in, both are in the '80s. Man, man, man. Chernobyl and. Goldberg's have a lot in common. I mean, it probably it happened during the Goldberg. I'm surprised they didn't try to cover it in a really serious episode. There might be one. Who knows? <laughs> um, but I'll go through her real quick. She doesn't have near as much to choose from, mm-hmm. but she was in uh, Kingsman Golden Circle. She was in. Uh, she did. She did voice work in Corpse Bride. She did. She was in Equilibrium, mm-hmm. which is a movie we absolutely adore. And do a cough podcast. Yeah. And she also did, um, she was in Red Dragon with Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. She was the pseudo Clary. I think she was like the Clarice of Red Dragon. Hmm. But yeah, so <sighs> I know people, I know sometimes people get tired of me listing off things and doing these deep dives. There's not enough time to do deep dives in some of, in some of these short time periods, but I have a remedy for that. Uh, starting very soon. If actually starting already. Yeah, launching launching today. The day we record this podcast, by the time you hear this, unless you're one of our Patreon listeners, by the time you hear this, we have already launched this Sunday. Action, the movie podcast, where me and a good friend of mine, Steve Wedding, do deep dives, full on spoilers. We um, we tell one another. We take turns going back and forth telling one another about watching a particular movie. You both you both watch the movie. So yeah. each, each week y'all well we we're gonna say week to week. But uh they we're gonna pick they go pick a movie. Uh Steve picked the first movie. We won't say it here. We'll wait till you watch the podcast. Uh Steve picks a movie and then y'all both watch it and watch the crap out of it. Blake watched the movie. Blake watched a two and a half hour movie twice and, and a then, documentary and, and then watched it. a thirty minute documentary about it. So they wanna go really deep into the movies, we'll see if the, as that podcast cha- grows, it'll get maybe. I mean, they go. I've already heard it. Of course, I was there. I'm producing and producing and editing their other podcast. Uh, they get way deep into the weeds on uh, uh, 
CGI and practical effects, like way deep. So if you like that kind of stuff, if you want to hear Blake, if you feel like Blake don't have, doesn't have enough leeway or enough, because we try to be spoiler free in this podcast as much as we can for movies and TV shows, that this other podcast is just they just they have no restrictions on what on what they're going to be talking about. And so we uh, we each he picks a movie. One, you know, one podcast, one episode, I'll pick a movie, the next one. And the whole cool discussion is it culminates when we talk about it, is neither one of us speak to one another until the podcast. So we have no well, idea about that movie, about that movie. Yeah, yeah. About that movie, at least. So we have no idea what the other one's going to say. So it makes a pretty cool, spontaneous and, you yeah. know, flying by the seat yeah. of our pants type thing. But, uh, like, I'm still going to talk about stuff on here. Yeah. I'm not going to not do that because I love it so much, but I probably will be less in depth going forward to try to, and if it's I, hard. It, it's know, hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Especially since we, we, we talked to talk, we talked to Steve, we might want to do, do Chernobyl on, on the other podcast. At exactly. Some point. But, um, that's, that's what actually brought, brought it to your, your brought it into your brain to do on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else to yeah. add. Well, I mean about the, uh, yeah. Chernobyl's yeah. fantastic. It's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually buy, you can buy it on Blu-ray or if you have HBO. Max. I have an awesome still book for it. Yeah, had a still book, which is great. Um, but definitely look into. Uh, I've already sent out a lot of the other in- invites to a lot of the same folks who already follow. Uh, anybody who follows this podcast on Facebook and stuff like that, you've been you received invites to follow the other podcast. Um, so I say, by the time you hear this, it should be live almost everywhere. I really recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, Steve deliver, delivers a a pretty well timed blowjob joke in the first episode. <laughs> in like the opening minutes, it's yeah, pretty really, great. <laughs> really good uh, blowjob joke, which is pretty funny. Um, so, and uh, it's gonna be a fun podcast. Uh, you'll 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 hear me a little bit on the podcast. We'll see how we we're, we're gonna adjust that going forward. It's really about uh, Steve has an immense love of movies like Blake does and wants to get real real deep deep into it. Uh, so we're excited to have him. If you uh, Steve, if the last name Wedding sounds familiar, it is because he is the older brother to our previous guest and friend Jeff Wedding. So they, so we we, we the well getting all the brothers involved in all the podcasts. So we will call I guess action people usually call things the the sister to this or the sister to that the sister movie the sister podcast uh, action the movie podcast is the brother podcast too. Uh, two smoking lock stock and two smoking controllers so much that we tried desperately. <laughs> we tried desperately to find another, if people don't know where our, our initial podcast name comes from, I'm sorry. We, we, but the lock stock and two smoking controllers is a guy, is a guy, Richie movie reference, which ironically we've done almost on purpose as an inside joke. If you think about it, now you'll be inside. Uh, we've done no Guy Ritchie movies on this podcast. None. <laughs> Which is on purpose. And if you look at the art to our podcast, there is art on, on Blake's shirt and art on my shirt on my shirt of two other things we've never done on this podcast. So I'm kind of go look at things. And we, we, we do subtle, dumb stuff a lot of times in this podcast. A lot uh, of times it's just for us. <laughs> yeah, we do things just for us. But now we'll let you be a little, let the fans be a little more involved. Um, so, but that we desperately tried to find another Guy Ritchie pun to do the other name oh, podcast. Desperately, like, we tried so hard to find. We almost did <laughs> lock, stock, and two smoking reels. Yeah, no, yeah, because because of a uh, well, that, that that was too bad. We'd also tried uh, lock, 
Lock and, uh, lock and Loda. Lock and Loda. Which is for, a, for a guy Richie's movie, Rock and Roller, Blake tried locking. It was almost Lock and Loda. Steve wasn't completely sold on it. And we just, we, we were, we, we was naming, naming a podcast is, naming anything is difficult, obviously. But we are, you're lucky it's only action, the movie podcast. And where that came from is actually my fiance, Gio Jessica, who used to edit this podcast, but she got too bored, so she don't edit no more. Uh, we were just, pitching names uh back and forth for everything we were struggling she was like why not just do like action like action you know like for, for like, like you're directing a movie and you snap the little action and you snap the, the clapper little, the, the clapper marker. what's it called she's like why not to do that i was like well, that's insane because clearly somebody's taken the action that name before and i looked it up and nobody had and i was like all right we pitched it to steve and he was like that's hilarious let's just go with that so we lost our guy richie pun but ended up with a ridiculous name for a movie podcast that i hope everyone you know enjoys yeah so if you're looking um i maybe recommend because you will see the episodes of the other podcast will be named our names of these episodes are ridiculous on purpose i like it's another inside joke that's just for me usually is the long-winded, ridiculous names of these episodes is funny to me. It might not be funny to you. It's sometimes rarely funny to Blake. It, and sometimes Je- they're funny. Sometimes and Jessica just, just shakes her head every time I tell her the name of an episode. So that's a comp jokes. I, I write. I'll do jokes for me. Um, but to keep it simple and easier for the the action movie podcast, action. Guess it. It's an there's exclamation point. Uh, those episodes will be named by the name of the movie. So if you want, uh, because they are going to be full spoiler podcasts, you might want to watch the movies before watching the episodes, unless you don't care. But, you know, the whole idea was taking the restrictions off of the, the self-imposed restrictions we put on ourselves for this podcast to be without spoilers for the movies. Um, we're going to take take off those restrictions. Because you guys have never seen me at 100% power. And you're about to. It's ridiculous. Now nobody's going to listen to it. Anyway, so we're super excited to be launching launching a second podcast. I love having twice as much work to do on two podcasts. I will say one thing this might affect, and you'll notice on the past episode before and this one too besides that, is I may, just for time-wise sake, unless there's a special song like Call of the Sea has a special song, I'm going to be probably cutting back on the amount of music I put into this podcast just to save me a little bit of time. And efforts. If I'm working on two podcasts, I will never get to play any video games, which defeats the purpose of having this podcast. Um, so you'll see that I, I'm going to always pick a song to play when we introduce the game, and uh, there probably won't be any more music unless because I mentioned way back in the day that I, I it, sometimes there's games that have great great music like who's the repeating guy we have for vampire Denivar. He was he's been in like three or four games we've talked about. Yeah. That guy is incredible. Um, well, he did uh, Plague's Tale, which just got upgraded to PS5 and Xbox Series X. I feel really dumb. You just mentioned music. I feel really dumb and bad about this. Oh, he did it for... Tr- no. Not her. It was a Hildur Gundoter. Did, did The it. lady who did the Joker soundtrack, the, all the slow oh, yeah. cello. She did the music for Chernobyl. I can't believe I forgot that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you should be really ashamed of yourself. I, I have the note Because literally, now I, we're, we're running long, but uh, literally... She is the only time, I think, that I've ever played a song from a movie, music from a movie, on our podcast because 
Got a whole page about her? No, I have her name wrote down. And I totally forgot to mention yeah. it. Yeah, she's the only because she's so amazing in the Joker, and she's oh, it's it's just drama and stuff in in this in a uh, Chernobyl, but like she's the only time I ever played a song because it's, it's so in it's your the, face it's and that slow cello. Same thing. But she's but she's incredible too. Sorry she won that. awards for Joker and I think Chernobyl probably. I think as well. Yeah. Anyway, we are uh, going on and on and on. Super excited! New podcast. This podcast keeps going, possibly with less music because I am, I don't say lazy, I just over, overextending myself into two podcasts. Uh, but that's it. So look forward to that. Follow, you'll find all this podcast and all your social media stuff and the, you know, all that fun stuff. And then go find Action, the movie podcast on all your social media. Follow it on everything. It doesn't have as many social media stuff right now because I haven't, I haven't grown it as much. But I'm hoping a lot of the we'll have a lot of the same carryover. If you like hearing Blake talk about movies, you'll you'll love this new podcast. Steve's a great guy. He's funny. He's hilarious. He's knowledgeable. He has the same. He's I'll probably has the, one of the few people I know that has the passion about movies to meet Blake's passion. I like movies a lot, but I just don't I don't get quite in in as much in depth as Blake does when he really digs deep into something like that for a movie or a TV show. So I said I can't recommend. It. I mean it's kind of I'm, bi- I'm biased, but. I can't recommend it enough. So please, if you like, if you like us on here, you're going to like the other, the other show just as much, if not more. So that's all I've got. I think I've rambled on enough, and I will say goodbye here. Follow us on all our fun stuff. Be a part of things. Come watch us complain about gears. Uh, that's all I have, and I'll let Blake wrap up right here. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.